Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19, all new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Episode 85. Are you a boner guy? You know what? I miss penis. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm the one who should apologize. Just a bunch of shitheads. Cuz. <laughs> Just a bunch of shitheads. Cuzaroo. Cuzaroo. Slapperoony. It's showtime. W-A-A-T-P. W-A-T-P. TP. Hello, everybody. It's the Welcome to another episode of Who Are These Podcasts, the only show that really rocks. I'm your host, Carl. With me today, leading the convoy back to Tommy's planet from the Andy the Trucker Show. It's Trucker Andy. Let's talk shit. Please go to whoarethese.com to get our email address, the voicemail number, the link to our subreddit, the link to our Discord server, the link to our merchandise, the link to our YouTube channel, and the link to Patreon and Supercast featuring two exclusive bonus episodes every single month. And of course, you can watch. The unedited show live or whenever you want to, as people are doing right now as we speak. Tickets are on sale for the WATP, the Dick Show crossover event, April 22nd at World Cafe Live in Philadelphia. There will be no bogus holding calls when we're in Philly. Live.dick.show for tickets on April 22nd, this show will sell out. I don't want to hear So bitching. many cars are going to be flipped over. <laughs> oh, it's going to be a riot for <laughs> sure. They'll be greasing up the poles in Philly when we come there. Also, we encourage our listeners to give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and then shit all over us in the comment section today. We'll be reviewing Mayhem Bialik's Breakdown. <laughs> Mayam Bialik's. <laughs> we'll be reviewing Mumbaikil Breakdown. This was a suggestion from Michael Gavin Ali in our Discord. We have both listened separately. We have not discussed it with each other beforehand. Let's get into it. It's a show hosted by Mayam Bialik and Jonathan Cohen, who happens to be her boyfriend, which I found out through a little Googling. Uh-huh. I don't know if you knew about that. <laughs> I don't know if the chemistry was obvious for you. Yeah, it was not there, but if you listen to the end, they, they revealed it, so oh. I picked up on it. You picked up on it? Yeah, how not far did from... you get through this, Carl? Well, I got to the point where they're like rapid-fire questions to yeah. Corey at the end, and I'm like, all right, that's enough. Yeah. We get it. Um, I want to start off by playing the theme song to this podcast. <laughs> you like this one, Andy? Blick. <laughs> Let's get right into it here. It's my Bialix breakdown. She's going to break it down for you. Because you know she knows a thing or two. And now she's going to break down. It's a breakdown. She's going to break it down. (laughs) So what I hate about that is the zoom in on her when she's shaking her head yes. When the lyrics are... Because she knows a thing or two. She's no. like, yeah, I'm smart. She, she's so arrogant. <laughs> she's so arrogant. She, like, it has to say PhD next to her name. Right, yeah. On there. And then, like, the logo is a brain with glasses on it. Like, shouldn't other people tell you that you're smart? You know, shouldn't, like, be declaring it. Right. Hey, it's the super smart guy show. I'm yeah. the super smart guy. Yeah. 
Look at me. <laughs> Brainiac people, McGee yeah, over here. People that are really smart don't run around making sure everybody knows it. Right. It's only if you deal with the dumbest people in the world, actors in Hollywood, <laughs> that you want to separate yourself. <laughs> By the way, I'm not like these assholes, just so you guys know. Like, it might seem like it. but So, uh, what's her name? Mayim? Yeah. Close enough? Sure. All right. So, um, Mayim decided to quit showbiz, and she went and back to school. And then she got a degree or two, and then she went back into show business, and then she left again. She's pretty much like Rivers Cuomo. She was successful in show business, and then they went, you know what, I'm just going to go get my education. Yeah. And she got a PhD in neuroscience, and then she became a professor in neuroscience. Okay. So for a few years, that's what she was doing. She was a professor. Now she considers herself a scientist, which I can't take that away from her, I suppose. But if you're using that to interview Corey Feldman. Yeah, there's no evidence. Not a lucrative career move. <laughs> Obviously not. There's no grants for interviewing Corey Feldman from the federal government, as far as I know. I haven't looked at all the grants. So yeah. Your show really got sure. canceled. You went to college. The end. I don't know. <laughs> what else? You told her. You annoy, you annoy everybody on Jeopardy. On. Yeah. All right. All right, so right out of the gate. So Corey Feldman, I didn't even realize he was in studio at first. Mm-hmm. It seems like he's in a different room, the way this is shot. But I it's guess they're all... planet. Yeah, they're all right there together. <laughs> and I love the way it starts off because everyone's having so much fun. You always know you're watching a hack show when they're already giggling before the show even starts. Mm. And they get a pair of sunglasses like Corey. Jonathan, stop. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can. All you have to do is go to Sunglass Hut. It's real easy. <laughs> In a simple answer. Um, right. I, <laughs> Jesus. Hi, I'm Bialik. This is Jonathan Cohen. Welcome to our breakdown. We are laughing because we are already having a great time with um, a really, really exciting guest. Nobody has a great time with Corey Feldman. <laughs> yeah. All the guy does is talk about his music and getting molested. Yeah. Neither <laughs> of those things are fun or funny. Like, that's not a good time. Fun for other people. <laughs> the guy's like, oh, those are fucking cool glasses. Yeah. You know, he's goofing out into his face, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Much, yeah. <laughs> but in my clip one, my uh, my Bialik's trying to steal Corey Feldman's look. Oh, Jesus. Real quick, though, underneath Maya Bialik, Dr. Maya Bialik, holy shit, it's like our first lady. Uh, is actor, writer, producer, and neuroscientist. One of these things is not like the other. <laughs> well, some people listen to this podcast, but a lot of people watch it. Okay. And this is one I think that people need to watch. It because, hasn't happened yet. Because then you get to see these amazing sunglasses that Jonathan so badly wants a pair of. It's That's like right. the glasses. The it's it a, is it a suit? It is it, kind of it's, a suit. It's, it's, it's a suit, and a, suit it's jacket. It's a very very it's snazzy nice. outfit. Like, Thank you. This is an outfit, honestly. I would like to wear. You know what? I want this hair. This is the, like this is good, this you guys. Is I think I'm going to become your stylist. Is what's going to happen here. <laughs> So they both already look like lesbians. Right, yeah. She just wants to look like a Vegas casino lesbian. I wear that outfit. I like that she goes, you guys get to watch this episode. Why? Oh, because he's wearing sunglasses. (laughs) Oh, well, then no, I'm good. I can just listen. That's fine. Meanwhile, she's dressed like she didn't know she was going to be on camera. Oh, yeah. No, he calls her out, too. She's like, oh, well, I actually kind of look like shit. It's kind of my thing. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, "Eh, it's kind of my thing. It's kind of look like shit. So um, I want to start off. Very early on in the interview, Mime's trying to be polite about Corey's music. Now, I hope yeah. everyone here is familiar with Corey's music. I assume everyone is. Yeah. And uh, this is just a, a fun way to introduce that he's a musician. 
In addition, you are a you're a you're a producer. I mean, you you do so many things. You wrote a memoir and you're a musician, which I've known kind of like for for many, many years of my life. I knew that you were a musician. But this is something that while many of us knew you acting, you also had this whole music simultaneously in the studio creating music. Yeah, that's. Not good because um, that was decades that we're talking about. You've been creating music and no one likes it. There's nothing to show for <laughs> it. There's not a lot to show for it. And he takes it so seriously, yeah. Yeah. which I think is what we all love about Corey Feldman, is that he really thinks he's the king of pop. Right. For yeah. some reason. He just said, out. create music. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> right. That's, yeah, it's that's pretty it. pretentious <laughs> nonsense. So it gets even worse than that. The thing he's promoting on this show, I can't make this up. He's got a six-disc box set. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Producer Chris, it's 2023. I clipped this, too. You did not enter into a uh, time machine here. This not is... just that. There's more. Yeah, check this out. All during the pandemic, I was working on this kind of gargantuan mammoth project, um, which turned into this box set, which is seven discs. I'm sorry, six discs. Four CDs, two DVDs, wow. a hologram, a 50-page color magazine, all kinds of goodies inside. This is um, a collection, then, of music. Right. That from was... going all the way back 35 years. Wow. Oh, my God. There's eight eight-tracks, yeah. three laser discs. It comes with its own gramophone. <laughs> a coffin. <laughs> yeah. Fucking insane. Dapper Dan delivers it on a penny-farthing bike. <laughs> All this fucking out-of-date media that nobody fucking even owns a DVD player anymore. Andy, there's a 50-page color magazine. It's in color. (laughs) Can you believe it? (laughs) So you're probably wondering, how do I get one of these? Because that's actually what I was wondering immediately. I'm like, holy shit, really? That sounds fucking amazing. Only made, I think, 500 of them. Wow. There's only about 80 left. You can get it on my website, coreyfeldman.net. It is rather pricey because, as you can see, it's a lot of work. But you know, It's like a whole universe in here. Yes. I'm happy to report there are still some left. <laughs> I went and checked it out on his website. Did you guys look into what this costs? This no. box set? No. Okay. So if you want a signed box set, it's three fifty. Okay. If you want it unsigned, it's two seventy five. Seven hundred. This asshole yeah. this asshole thinks his autograph is worth more than a dollar. He thinks it's worth seventy five fucking dollars for his autograph. I mean, <laughs> that's insane. He certainly thinks a lot of himself. Uh, I know. Let me play one more clip and then I'll let you take over, Andy, because the way I set this up was all about the fact that, uh, God damn, what's her fucking, can she just have a normal name? Can I just call her like Mary or something? <laughs> yeah, MB. Sure. Let's go with MB. <laughs> MB. Thank you. <laughs> or BM. <laughs> so, um, Mayim. It's like Maya. Like the Mayans. <laughs> yeah. Mayim. Yeah. I'll get this. I'll get this eventually. Mayim, like I mentioned, was uh, a very famous sitcom star. She was on a show called Blossom. Blossom. <laughs> I'll never remember that. <laughs> Whoa. And she decided to leave show business, like I said, to go back to school, to get a degree, change professions. Corey Feldman is either oblivious to this or just doesn't understand what he's talking about as he explains that once you're famous, you cannot escape it. The problem with that is you can't get fame and then decide, okay, now I don't want it anymore. It doesn't work that way because now people point and laugh at you. (laughs) People 
look down at you. Well, the way to avoid that is to get your like PhD in neuroscience. Because I don't think a lot of people are pointing out, hey, look at this asshole over here. Oh, you're my professor this, this semester? Oh, okay, I'm sorry. My bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the reason why they're pointing and laughing at you is because your music sucks. Yeah. That's why that's happening to you, Corey. I just yeah. thought that was funny that he's looking at this woman who left show business and came back. He's like, yeah, there's no way you got a show business. It right. sucks. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, it's possible, I suppose. All right, Andy, what did you pick up on from this episode? Well, I I like how Corey does keep uh, insulting her to her face uh, <laughs> off the bat. In uh, clip two, this is a little bit more about like how he's dressed versus how she's dressed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If I'm going to do something and it's in the business realm, I want to look like a business person. I don't want to go, you know, wearing jeans and a T-shirt and being all Describe sloppy. Describe what I look like for people who are listening. You what look I? like a business person. You've got your hair in a bun. You've got your glasses on. you got a nice sweater going, you know. I mean, you look like a, you know, like a, a podcast okay. host. <laughs> it seems to me like you're the expert, Mark. I like how he backtracked from that yeah, right away. Yeah. It's like, well, I think you're like a business casual um, pocket. Uh, yeah. you're, we're in your house. Yeah. You just got up. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. dressed like a, I'm in the business of magic. <laughs> yeah, I know. You're right. He looks dressed, like that guy. I'm just like Job from Arrested Development. <laughs> and you look like a boner coffin. <laughs> she she looks like Chad Zumach on Misery Loves Company when he just got up. He's like, oh shit, is it on right now? All right. <laughs> hey, I'm here, everybody. Like, yeah. I was she's passed out drunk at four in <laughs> yeah, the afternoon. She's not, not well prepared for this. Okay, my clip three, though. This sums up what I hate about uh, Maya Bialik. She's just like such a fucking little no like annoying know-it-all that yeah. has to interject her own personal experiences into any topic like anything that comes up she's just like oh yeah i went to mexico once too it's like nobody <laughs> right. fucking cares right. yeah yeah so Corey Feldman began his career at the age of three he, he was in a mcdonald's commercial i also have been in a mcdonald's commercial when nice. i was 11 nice. um, oh we're talking about Corey feldman not yeah. you and also, you were a fry guy. It doesn't count. <laughs> no one can see what you look like. <laughs> Put a mask on that one, quick. <laughs> that was mean. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Mayim. <laughs> you could have said Grimace. Yeah, that would have been funnier, probably. <laughs> <laughs> so when uh, Alex Trebek died, yes. a lot of people were auditioning to take over for him. And she was one of those people. Correct. And everyone hated. Yes. She every fucking question she had to make it about her and just be giggling through the whole fucking thing. And people were taking to the internet to like boycott the show yep. to get rid of her. And uh, and it I, worked. Yeah. No, she's still on. Oh, I didn't think she was. I Ken Jennings hosts Ken the Jennings show was. proper, and she's hosting Celebrity Jeopardy, oh, okay. um, which actually just ended. But. Uh, I digress. Seems to me like the accent. <laughs> but people hated her so much. I actually pulled this clip, clip four. This is, uh, there was an article about how people were pissed because she couldn't pronounce the word singer. Okay. Didn't know about that. Back to Jeopardy. It's time to get our song on. The category for Final Jeopardy is 1960s Singers. Singers. <laughs> she is like singer, and it was making everybody so fucking mad. And uh, I, I just like how everyone's just like, I'm not going to watch Jeopardy if I have to listen to this woman mispronounced singer. <laughs> you know what? Now that I think about it, that was Alex Trebek's 
major skill on that show, right? Because people thought he was smart, but he had all the answers. He was reading it. Right, yeah. But he always pronounced everything correctly. Yeah, I know. I don't know if he did that in post or, you know, take two or something. It's but... a soft G with an A on the end or else right. it's racist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, never go guh on singers. <laughs> Going to get in a lot of trouble with that. All right. Can we talk about Corey Feldman? Yes, please. And his poor, poor childhood. <laughs> he never, He never brings it up. And I'm embarrassed to bring this up for him, but apparently he was molested when he was growing up. And it's it's interesting because his dad seems like he was probably a pretty good father. My dad was always smoking weed, so I was like, well, I guess it's okay because ever since I was seven years old on the set of Bad News Bears, my dad was smoking weed. Right. Cool. Every time I'd get in the car, he was with some of the producers nice. smoking weed. So yeah. I thought, this is fine. Producers no big cool. deal. Yeah. Then a couple years later... He introduces me to this guy who ends up giving me every drug I ever tried mm. and molesting me. Mm. And then Alfie, you know, endorses drugs mm. and molests me and has parties at his house where mm -hmm. they're feeding kids drugs and alcohol. Right. Corey's a bummer. Yeah. He's talking about cool as dad is, smoking weed, we're having all this fun, and then immediately into the molestation thing. You're like, oh, well, you know... <laughs> I want to like help Corey out. I don't write a script from next time we're on a talk show. Uh, don't be such a downer. You know, <laughs> maybe don't bring up getting fucked by Hollywood celebrities every time you're being interviewed by someone. Cause uh, we need to lighten the mood a little bit. Get people into your music. And, and stuff. at least they were giving him drugs. I mean, yeah. Acts like there's no up, upside to this, man. It could have been worse. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, his whole bit about Charlie Sheen fucked Corey Haim is hilarious. But <laughs> all right, we did that. Now we gotta move on <laughs> and do something else. But he wants to talk about, you know, all the pedophiles in Hollywood. But and there's also the big yeah. pink elephant in the room, yeah. which is kids, most kids. Isn't the pink elephant like when you're hallucinating? That's a drunk yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah right. right. It's like when you're so blasted, you think you're seeing pink elephants? All right. Well, yeah. I guess he's seeing a pink elephant. Yeah. But there's also the big yeah. pink elephant in the room, yeah. which is kids, most kids don't go to a party Correct. with all adults. Everywhere. Correct. Okay. And half of those adults are not grooming those children right. specifically to apply them with drugs and alcohol so they can get what they want out of right. them. Right. I mean, not... let's face it. And people don't want to, and also like people don't want to, people don't want to talk about these things. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> yeah. Corey Feldman won't shut up about it. <laughs> no, I know. You know. A lot of people come out here and don't want to talk about this because yeah. it's not great. It's not a great subject. If I were Mayim, I would stop agreeing with him before he finishes his sentence. <laughs> yeah, right. You don't know what he's going to say. You don't know what he's about to say, yeah. <laughs> he was so close, though. All he had to do was leave the pink part out of that yeah. statement. And <laughs> yeah. saying pink elephant removed all credibility. If you're saying pink elephant, She's like, yep. you're probably mm -hmm. getting fingered by a coke <laughs> yep. head. You're an idiot. <laughs> all right, so apparently, I didn't realize this, but there's a lot of pedophiles in Hollywood. Huh. Mind blown by that one. So... Then we go on to talk about how when Corey Feldman was younger, when he was a teenager, he had access to all of these awesome drugs. Right. A little bit of a humble brag here. Yeah. Uh, but he explains it wasn't all it's cracked up to be. I was badly abused 
and and that's why we did drugs. We did drugs because generally the abusers were the ones giving us the drugs. Right. Otherwise, we wouldn't have had them in the first place. Right. A 15-year-old doesn't walk down the street and get cocaine or heroin. It mm-hmm. doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. You know? Not but we've got cool. adults that can drive them <laughs> or, very cute. or bring it to them or whatever. <laughs> sure. That's how it happens. So his drug dealer was also his rapist. That sucks. Because <laughs> I, I thought my awkward interactions with my drug dealer sucked. Well, you know, it's like, ah, oh, shit, I got to fucking sit here and make small talk. It's convenient. <laughs> it's not so bad, actually. Actually, you consider what this guy went through. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't like, want to well. get raped, but I really want some blow. <laughs> Better buy in bulk. <laughs> don't want to be back anytime soon. Um, all right, Andy, um, that's enough with the molestation talk. Sure. All right. Not only was he molested, but his mom, I think, uh, beat him a little bit. He gets into how his mom is abusive. But to it just it doesn't end there you can't it's it's not enough that his mom was beating him his grandfather was kind of mean to him and that's not cool oh, in clip six <laughs> it's poor guy yeah horrible life my grandfather was uh abusive leaning mm-hmm. i guess you would say these days uh but he was, uh, you know, he was raised in, in the days when everybody beat their kids, and yeah. that's just the way it was. So he was beat badly by his father. He beat his children badly. Right, hurt people But when hurt. it came time to raise the grandkids, he tried not to do that. Right. So. And he laughed his ass off. <laughs> <laughs> My peepaw was a meanie. Yeah. I came over dressed like this, and he called me an F-slur. It looked like he wanted to hit me. <laughs> Didn't beat him enough. Yeah. He didn't beat me, but he was for it. Yeah. yeah. If there was a vote, he would have voted yeah, yes. Yeah. He didn't stop anybody. Yeah, right, exactly. He scowled at me. If he were a younger man, I think he probably would have uh, smacked me across the face a few times, but he let my dad take care of that. Yeah. Now, now with a left. <laughs> yeah. Work the body. So, all right, this is uh, clips. Give seven. him something to say on Blossom. Forty years from now, he's, he's going to need some material. No one ever says, "How was shooting Goonies?" No one ever says that to him. It's always yeah. just like, "Oh, so you were molested?" God damn it! Yeah. So, in my clip seven, they kind of it starts out like, "Ah, it's funny games. Like you look like shit. I'm just like a fucking you know circus performer." Uh, <laughs> and then he starts talking about the the molestation shit, uh. and it. Cuts like real hard right into a fucking inappropriate ad read. Yeah, it's pretty lo- fucking funny. A yeah. <laughs> couple years later, he introduces me to this guy who ends up giving me every drug I ever tried mm-hmm. and molesting me. Mm-hmm. And then Alfie, you know, endorses drugs mm-hmm. and molests me and has parties at his house where mm-hmm. they're feeding kids drugs and alcohol. Right. So. That's what you're raised around. Well, and also, I want you to speak a little bit to, I mean, I appreciate, I mean, I think we both appreciate, um, you know, the the honesty that you're willing to have about this. It's not well, something you were there, that... And, and, you know, well, it's and, nice to talk to somebody that was there. Sure. Because well, and, it's hard. It's yeah. hard to, to, to live life with everybody going, I don't know what he's talking about. Is he even telling the truth? Right. <laughs> Poor, poor Maya's sitting there going, yeah, but only the cute kids got fucked. Right. <laughs> she, she's like, no, I was there. I, didn't know, I never got molested. Hard to, <laughs> to, to live life with everybody going, I don't know what he's talking about. Is he even telling the truth? Right. 
<laughs> Miami Alex Breakdown is supported by Athletic Greens. I use Athletic Greens every day. Started taking Athletic Greens because... Fuck kids like a champ. <laughs> <laughs> because I was the kind of person who was taking a million pills, a million supplements, a million powders, a million sprays. So drugs. She's so natural. <laughs> yeah. These ad reads are so bizarre because she's got the camera angle. They're all the same. Yeah. They're pre-recorded. They could do this anytime and make them way better. And the ca- she's not wearing any makeup. The camera, yeah. her hair looks like garbage. The camera's like pointing up at her. So you're looking up her giant nostrils. I, I don't understand I who directed this. Her boyfriend, Jonathan. Yeah. You have the intro where she, some producer insisted on put it slapping makeup on her. And then she looks like shit the rest of the time. <laughs> yeah. Which is trying to sell yeah. me out. Shit. You're going to yeah. wear a blouse. Yeah. Put that sweatshirt <laughs> on. <laughs> Uh, I know, Corey, you're trying to tell me about how you got two digits up your butt, but let me cut to this fucking head. <laughs> Do you need the energy to run away from your molester? Try Athletic Greens. Hey, Mayim, I know you're painting the living room right now, but can you come over here for a second <laughs> yeah, right. and do a couple of head reads for us? <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's just not a good look for her, I would say. Can we get into Corey's music? Yo, please. All right. I love Corey's music. Because he takes himself so fucking seriously. And he thinks that everything he does is so clever and genius. When you're working on a project, you become super close yeah. with these people. And these people are now living in my home. <laughs> so literally, I'm like, you know, it's like the, the Partridge family at this point. You know, we all get in the bus. Okay, time to go on the road again, kids. Let's go. Uh, and I wish Mr. Kincaid was fucking with you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know why I said that. So basically, he's explaining that his whole band lives with him in his house. Yeah. This house is a fucking zoo. What he's explaining here, but I... no, we all get in the bus. Okay, time to go on the road again, kids. Let's go. Uh, and now we're setting up an international tour for this year. So the idea is to spread. And guess what? It's called the Love Tour. Mm. You know, not guess like what? the Love Tour that the other guy's doing, but like ours is Love Retour. Because it's not the Money Tour. <laughs> instead of Love Returns, which was the name of my EP, we put out an eight-song EP. Earlier last year, before we put out the box set, which was kind of an appetizer for the box set. And uh, it was a picture disc, really Mm. cool vinyl picture disc, had eight songs, and we called it Love Returns. And so based on that, and the fact that I hadn't toured since 2017, we called it Love Retours, Mm. like the return to touring. Sounds retorted. (laughs) Ironically, there was a lot of returns. (laughs) Even even my MC, they're going like, yeah, we got it. It's not as clever. Retour is not a thing. No, it's not good. Stupid. No one knows about your EP. Right. And that's not a clever name for anything. No. So then I'm pretty sure that um, Mayim is just clowning him to his face at this point. I have a question. Something I've noticed. You play with words in a very interesting way, just like when we were talking about love. Le- like you like double meanings mm. and you were talking about retour and, you know, return. Mm. Um, do, do you have any particular affinity for like for for poetry or for is that part of your, your musical <laughs> side? Do it to whatever the the interaction of the spoken language and the <laughs> unspoken language can be. Mm-hmm. If I was Corey, I, I, I just would have said, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> this interview's over. All right, so is he a poet? Let's find out. I wrote down some lyrics from Ascension Millennium, <clears throat> one of his yeah. hit songs. Yeah. I'll try to read this. Here we go. I'll lead you up onto the floor where you will have the chance at more. Just by giving into groove to have a chance, you never move, 
You're standing still up on the hill. It's such a thrill. You get the chills. The chance is nil. It's going to kill you in the end. You get bent out of shape at this age and escape. (laughs) And then then Mario goes, what are you, like a poet or something? (laughs) Poor Corey. He takes himself so seriously now. He can't just be like, no, no. Corey, what can't you do? That would be the perfect question for this guy. Because yeah. <laughs> Tor has the momentum of a runaway train. <laughs> yeah. Because honestly, at one point in this interview, you, you won't even have the clip, Andy. She's like, You are in such good shape. You look so healthy. He's like, Why well, dance fucking five nights a week? Oh, yeah. You know, he's talking about how his band's on tour. He's out there dancing for two and a half to three hours a night. You know, all those uh, encores that he's forced to do. Yeah. <laughs> I, think my, my, I think clip 17 is in regards to that. Okay. So I'm not perfect. I vape. Right. You know, I've got a few little things, but right. I'm not doing hard drugs and I'm not drinking right. booze and I'm not smoking cigarettes and I'm not eating red meat. And I'm not making good music and I'm not garnering <laughs> respect in the industry. All right. I think I might have the part right before that, hmm. which is ridiculous, where Corey's explaining that he's not perfect right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Big thing is I haven't had a piece of meat in my body since I was 12 years old. <laughs> So wait, was that the last time he was molested? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm a little bit confused there. Yeah, I, I <laughs> swore off meat. <laughs> is, is that what he meant by that? I don't have a pretentious bone in my body. It was someone else's. <laughs> yeah. But I, I do, I'm, I cheat. I'm not great. I mean, look, I do dairy still. I still eat cheese and eggs and milk from time to time, although I am allergic to milk, so I try to stay away from it. Of course you are. But I'm human. I mess up. <laughs> I mess up. Wait a second. This guy's eating dairy and he's lecturing me? Go fuck yourself. <laughs> you ate cheese the other day? Sir, we have nothing else to talk about. Good that. day. Yeah, good shame, day. Shame, shame. <laughs> oh, this is a, a clip that I pulled. You might have this one too, Andy, because I know you hate this. Mm-hmm. Jonathan is devoid of talent. He's uninteresting in every single way. Yeah, he's no business being on this. No, he's no business at all. And he makes a quip here that, ugh, I hate this shit. Okay, so all that wasn't big enough or crazy enough. Here's the craziest part of the story. So I had this prosthetic ear from Stand By Me. Like you do. Okay, yeah, because everybody's got one, right? (laughs) I'm putting a moratorium on people saying, like you do, or as one does, after someone says something that's out of the ordinary. Yeah. We got it. It's not normal. Super ordinary. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good one. Yeah. I think she says it later, too. It's just, God, I thought that died five years ago. It's fucking horrible. Actually, now that we're talking about Jonathan, let me play you the worst question. Maybe the worst question ever asked of anybody (laughs) on a podcast. We talk a lot about reactions, and Mime and I are always trying to become more aware of how we react, why we, we react. Any insight? You seem like you're constantly self-reflecting. <laughs> Any insight that you want to share? We, we sort of do a little moment of, like, uh, realizations. Uh, anything that you've realized recently that you're like, oh, I, something that you're working on? <laughs> every day. Every day. What was that? I know. It started with analyzing the reactions to things. Then he turns into, like, is there anything that you think you could be better at in life? It's yeah. Like, yeah. I know. Was, <laughs> what? His, his story was... I said something to her, and I'm not going to say what it was, but, uh, and then she reacted the way I didn't expect. What are you, your thoughts? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He goes, goes, I'll give you an example. And then she said something that I was mad at her for a day and a half, but then I wasn't anymore. Like, that's an example? What the fuck is going on right now? I'm so confused by this whole conversation. And props to Corey Feldman. He smiles through the whole thing. He acts like he's having a good time. Yeah. 
I mean, I was. He took his glasses off. He took his glasses <laughs> off. He was polite. I was surprised how lucid he actually was. You could usually count on him to. I mean, for him, it's lucid. Yeah, but he usually is good for a couple of like fucking wild comments. Well, he's got to get his message out there, Andy. His message is: there's a lot of pedophilia going on in Hollywood. And my music is so goddamn danceable. You gotta come see us live. <laughs> Those are the two messages that I hear every time he's interviewed by anyone. And I'm just like, should I stop pedophilia or should I go see this guy in concert? Yeah. Because I don't have time for both. I swear he was just here, wasn't he? Or was he in Buffalo like recently? Why didn't you text me? Dude. Yeah. What? <laughs> what? I didn't know how interested you'd be. I just heard about it though. I think he was here recently. Did you get a box set? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is it an autograph? I couldn't afford the autograph, guys. All right, one more thing on Jonathan. Uh, this is his one final question, followed by just utter nonsense. Jonathan, you have one final question. It's been said, instead of asking someone how they are, you ask them, how do you sleep? Corey, how do you sleep? Very well. On your tum-tum? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you got you so specific. I see. Now they are having a little too much fun for me. Oh, yeah. It's ridiculous. Who fucking cares? On your tum-tum. And she lost her mind over her own comment. Yeah. It's like, wow, that was a really funny quip I just came up with. Jonathan, did you hear that quip? <laughs> I give these two three or four more months yeah. <laughs> in this relationship. I don't know who's going to get sick of who, but I'm already sick of both of them. Andy, what else you got uh, that you pulled from this yeah, episode? It, clip eight is another good low-key burn on that Corey throws at Miami. It's pretty oh, funny. Good. If you remember this, but I was the head of an organization called uh, Hollywood Kids Say No to Drugs. I remember this, Corey. Exactly. And you were probably there. I was probably there. I, I would almost imagine you with a sweater on. Yeah. Being yeah, Definitely sweating. not off. Yeah. <laughs> you're there in your chastity sweater. <laughs> I was wearing a t-shirt that said tokers or jokers. <laughs> you were part of the, the fugly crowd. I remember yeah. you guys. We yeah. looked over at you once. Yeah, yeah. Whoa, never again. I imagine you were there. I asked I... you if you were done with my homework. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> remember you made an advance at me and I said, just say no. Remember that? Ugh. I don't know why I dislike her so much. <laughs> Speaking of disliking her, clip nine. This is uh, people are always asking Mayim, why? Why are you so great at not getting molested? I've also lost people, you know. I've also, um, you know, and and so I'm often asked, and especially after people would die, it was often like, oh, this publication wants to know how you made it out. And why do people do drugs in the industry? And why are all these kids like this? So I'm not going to tell you my answer, but I know you I are. I want to hear your answer. Well, no, but I, I'd like you. I'm going to ask you to go first because. Well, I did go first. I put uh, out a documentary. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to tell you why I'm so great. Yeah. Yeah, but I made a movie about getting finger banged. <laughs> By the way. Please tell me how to not get finger banged. He fooled me into buying. I rented that video for 20 minutes. For 20 minutes. For 20 bucks. Oh, really? Yeah. That was for supposed today? To be, like, to uh, no, it was for um, a creep off thing. And I, oh. He was supposed to have this huge revelation or whatever. And it was just that, you know, Corey Haim was hot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that. I had an older sister. Yeah. <laughs> How could you not fuck that guy? <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> Anybody would fuck Who's him. saying no to that? <laughs> All right, uh, clip 13. This is kind of like 
uh, hand in hand with the poetry, the are you a poet thing. Okay. This is when she starts asking him about, uh, you know, his uh, views on life and uh, if he's into philosophy. Philosophy has always been my favorite. Tell and me more. I just, I've always enjoyed reading philosophy. Oh. I've enjoyed, uh, uh, you know, uh, excerpts from books or, or passages or, or prayers or, you know, things that are enlightening. I love enlightenment. I love empowerment. I love self-love. Uh, Name one philosopher. Yeah. You said nothing. Give an example. Corey's favorite philosopher is Corey. You know? <laughs> right, yeah. How do you feel about philosophy? I like the word philosophy. Yeah, I like yeah, how many yeah, syllables yeah. are in it. What so, celebrity is going to say, uh, actually, I'm, I'm an airhead? Yeah. You know? <laughs> Confucius say, man who do business in whorehouse get jerked around. <laughs> philosophy, that's for dorks. <laughs> I have so much more respect for him if he just would have said that. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking idiot. I've been a loser like you likes philosophy, right, Mayim? <laughs> <laughs> why, would this, why wasn't this more contentious? I, I wish it was. Yeah, it I know. Funny. They're just like so glad to see each other. Ugh, it's so annoying. Anything else you want to play from this? Uh, from this show, Andy, anything um, I, I missed that was important? Yeah, 15. This is uh, Maya Bialik being like, uh, so, well, you know, her parents uh, did everything they could to protect her. Right. So, but she's a, it's just her being a terrible parent is what this is. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's it like it's being a, what's it like being a parent for you? Because like we were it's raised, great. well, we were raised in a very different time when parents acted like they knew everything. My parents acted like they knew everything, and I believed them. Right, but I, I get to do it different, right? I get to say to my kids, like, I have no idea how to handle this situation. Mm. What's it been like for you as a parent? It's been healing, very healing, very healing. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. So yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because I do have a clip that I want to play, and I almost forgot to play it. It's possibly the worst advice ever given to anyone. Be the parent you always wanted to have. Yes. And it sounds that's like. Beautiful. That's terrible advice. Like, <laughs> if you ask me what kind of parent I want to have, I want them to get the fuck out of the house most of the time. <laughs> and then when they're around, like, buy me stuff. Right. You know, like, that's not good parenting in any single way. Kids don't know what good parenting is. That's why right. you have to parent them. Exactly. It's... Her parents were protecting <laughs> her from the horrors of the world. Yeah. She didn't know anything about the poverty rates or AIDS in Africa or where, like, the Blossom money got spent at the racetrack. <laughs> <laughs> and meanwhile, she's just like, well, what do you want for dinner, kids? Uh, I guess it's ice cream and pasta with no sauce again. <laughs> but, you know, it's like. Who's Can I get extra fucking... butter this time? <laughs> <laughs> Anything for you? Yeah. <laughs> School has no grades and everyone gets a trophy. <laughs> Parent of the year. <laughs> Not. Oh, shit. All right. Um, anything else you want to play? No, we got a lot of duplicates here. That, okay, but, I, I had mean, a feeling, yeah. show is fucking terrible. <laughs> yes. I mean, if it wasn't for Corey, I can't imagine ever watching Yeah, I, I can't imagine her with some of the... Like, she... She interviews like Jody Sweet and that other girl from Full House that oh, no one yeah. cares about. I saw and... like a little uh, thumbnail that Will Wheaton was going to be yeah. on. I'm just like, oh, what a fucking snooze fest that's going to be. These celebrities get together and they just have mundane, boring conversations that they think are curing the world of all their ailments. And it's doing nothing. No. It's such a waste of time. People in Hollywood know the least about what we need to do to fix the problems of the world. And they won't shut the fuck up about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Speaking of celebrities who won't shut the fuck up, I am excited to bring on, I teased this a few weeks ago. We haven't talked to him in a little while. He's been on the show before. My buddy, Casey Armstrong. Whoa! Casey, what's up, buddy? Hey, what's going on, Carl? Uh, I got to tell you that Corey Feldman is as delusional as he is short. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's not a tall man, is he? He has very he has a uh, no, no. midget hands. Hi guys, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing well. You know producer Chris and trucker Andy, right? Yeah, yeah, no doubt. These guys are awesome. I'm a big fan. So the reason why Casey's on the show, and you did you made a video recently that was discovered in the Dabble verse, where you finally decided you're like, you know what, Stuttering John is not a good friend. He's an asshole, and I'm really enjoying all of this content. And you called it out. You talked about who are these podcasts, Uncle Rico, um, Steel Toe, Radio Gunk, uh, Anthony Cumia, Chrissy Mayer. Like you, you put it out there. Like I'm enjoying all of this content. I love all. Yeah, about stuttering down. And now you've been very quiet about this, and you finally decided. You know what? I worked with this guy for many years. You were a producer on the Howard Stern Show for many years, while um, the the call screener. John Melendez was there. <laughs> and I, I loved what you put out as a video, and I wanted to talk to you about it because John loves to brag about all of his accomplishments, as we know, and he loves to talk about how he was a writer on the Howard Stern Show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And who would know better about what John actually contributed than Casey Armstrong to the <laughs> Howard Stern <laughs> Show? So talk to yeah. me about that lie that John was a writer. Okay. All right. So, so Carl, um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, like exactly what you said is uh, I'm enjoying it so much that I see all the things that he says uh, about me and um, uh, enough of that. Let me just answer your question. He had uh, two jobs, right? One was to sit and when people would call in, he would say, what do you want to talk to Howard about? Put him on hold and write up on the screen, line 17, Joe, wants to talk about Woodstock 99, something like that, going right. way back. I mean, this is, you know, 25 years ago or whatever. And Howard would see that in his console. So uh, every once in a while, John would write something up there, and like half the time, Howard would get mad. Why is John writing me notes? But on a slim chance, he got one of his things in or something like that. His hands would go up. You would think that, uh, you know, it's somebody sort of touched that. I wrote that. I did that, uh, yep. but it was frequent. Uh, it was infrequent, and it never really happened. So to be a writer on the show, uh, that's not uh, an um, a, um, accurate yeah, well, uh, description of what he did. The way you just described that is important to point out because we've been reading John's book or listening to his audio book, and we've obviously listened to a lot of his content on his show. And according to John, it was his job 
to not only be the color screener, but to write those jokes to Howard and to feed Howard these lines that were going to crush and kill and how often that happened that he considered himself a writer on that. And you're telling me that Howard told him not to do that. Right. He got in trouble a lot. And it was, it was so funny because everyone, all the interns are in the same room and, uh, you know, uh, Will's there and Jason uh, and uh, I'm at my computer. Gary's in the, his little cubicle thing there. And then when, when Howard would start yelling at John, John just had this defeated look on his face like, uh, you know, um, not what he wants you to see because right. John is is very consumed with how he appears, especially to interns who he'll never speak to again in two months. Right. Yeah. Now, you made an observation, and I don't want to just rehash everything that was in your video. People should check that out. What's your um, What's your YouTube channel, Casey? Oh, thanks, buddy. It's just Casey Armstrong, and I just started a YouTube channel, so if you give me one of those subscribes, I'd really appreciate it. Yes. So people should check out that video and subscribe to Casey's channel. Because you talked about the fact that when John was participating in writing the questions for celebrities, he had fewer of his questions make it to the final cut than the interns on the show. And, and Carl, that's if he attempted to write questions. Most of the time, he didn't even try. Um, he was never on Lotus Notes. And that's how everyone, even the interns, were on that to uh, contribute to the show. But John uh, thought his contribution was to show up five minutes late, have an intern fill in for him, <laughs> uh, getting calls up on, on, the, uh, on the computer, and uh, telling on somebody or tattling. Uh, you know, Scott um, went to the bathroom, he didn't wash his hands, and go and tell Howard uh, if there was a time during a commercial or something like that. But that was his way of producing. Come on, Carl. That's, that's what a producer does. Well, they don't stay till three o'clock. You know, they don't call publicists. They, they don't <laughs> do a cut, a cut tape. Uh, I remember one time, this is great, Carl, um, just to stick it up his ass, um, he's just standing there, me and Gary, during a commercial or telling Howard or asking him if he wants to go this way or that way. And I had a reel. This was back when we used reels. Yep. And just to, just to uh, stick it up his ass, I go, uh, hey, I got to go over this one more thing. John, can you rack this reel up on, uh, on reel two and give it to him? And he just he's just standing there. He didn't know how to do it. Yeah. So so he just goes over there and just kind of looks at it and I, I you know made up some excuse or something like that. But he didn't know anything that a producer does. Like he didn't know what this is way back. A, a cart was a, a Bernoulli disc, um, a uh, you know like a, a reel to reel how to cut tape. I mean we were all taught how to do this to be a producer at the biggest show ever. You know you you would. If you didn't know it, you would ask someone and you would learn. I was that's just going to say, I was just yeah. going to say, like, you'd want to learn those things. If somebody mm -hmm. said, hey, can you can you set this up for us? And, you're, and you haven't done that before. I'd be like, oh, show me how. I'd love to be able to do that for you. But John with his stupid ego, yeah. thinking that he's the star of the show, thinks he's above all of that. And that's why KC was a producer and had the, the role that he did on the show and why John was the phone screener. Yeah. And that's why Hale Sparks has to come to your house <laughs> yes. and set up your fucking podcast. <laughs> to this day. You have no idea what the fuck you're doing. Oh, I have to ask you this, too, because this was kind of funny, one of the things that you said. So you you just brought this up a second ago about how like he would get an intern to fill in for him screening phone calls, and he would go take a shit for like an hour in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. That's totally true. Of course um, it is. Should it get work? Am I right, people? <laughs> it's the worst. The yeah, worst thing yeah. you can do. But but that just shows you. I mean, there was never a problem. Like, oh my God, what are we going to do? John's not here. Uh, the part <laughs> of the team isn't here. No, you just get an intern 
who's been here for two weeks to um, ask people yeah. what they want to talk to Howard about. Pretty the simple. Lin- the linchpin of the show is taking a shit <laughs> yeah, for an hour. Do do? <laughs> How do we go on? Oh, oh, Melrose Larry Green is on uh, line seven. Oh, I guess we figured it out. All right, well, there you go. <laughs> Wasn't that difficult yeah, and, after and Carl, all? That was the thing too, like because those commercial breaks were like seven to nine minutes back yeah. in the day. There, even longer. And Gary was number one, you know, because I worked for Gary. But so Gary would go over what he's got going on. Uh, he's got a bit or whatever. And then it was my turn, so I go over like I pull some tape from comedians, or I had an idea for a bit or something, whatever it was. And then sometimes there'd be a couple of seconds left and John would just be sitting there, you know, just standing back there because he had no idea what we were doing. Right. Uh, he had no contribution to it at all, unless he was going to tell on somebody. But uh, it'd be so funny it, right before the commercial and after being Gary did our thing, uh, Gary would be like, why are you here? And then John would be like, uh, Jeff the Drunk is on line three. <laughs> <laughs> so John was on the Stern Show for 16 years. He started as an intern. I believe... Screening phone calls was one of the first jobs they gave him, if I'm not mistaken, because there was a small crew back then. So, and Carl, he even said that that's how he would produce the show with with the calls that came in, right? Or if they gave him some information that he could use in his personal life. That's not producing a show. That's screening phone calls. It's very different. Yeah. I know. I, I like that he pretends now that he discovered Jeff the drunk. He likes to talk about all these people like that he's responsible for. It's like, no, Jeff the Drunk called into the Howard Stern show. You're just the yeah. guy who said hello. Yeah. Stern show. <laughs> he's calling to talk to Howard. <laughs> yeah. You didn't discover it. If someone calls you because you work at a show, you didn't discover them. That's how that works at all, you moron. Yeah. And, and, and he would do what uh, Howard referred to as the John show in the office. Yes. Where he would make up uh, weird uh, voices when people would call him. What would you like to talk to Howard about? Something like that. So we try and get the interns to laugh at him doing the John show, as Howard said. I, he goes, I don't need that. I need you to answer the phone. I don't need you to, you know, put on the show for the interns, you know. And um, that was a, a bone of contention. The John show that went yeah. on. He would never do it if Gary was in his office. He would just do it if he knew the coast was clearly. If Gary was on air, then John could be doing the John show and uh, getting the accolades. I I remember Howard dressing him down and on air saying, John, you're doing the John show out in the hall. You got to stop it. You're distracting everybody. They they have work to do. Do your work. And what's interesting about that, I don't know if you saw this, but John had a writer from The Tonight Show. It was his co-worker. He had him on Beer on the Balcony. And that co-worker lost his job, unfortunately, after a year. But when they brought him in to tell him they had to uh, let him go, they're like, what what we like about you is that you're quiet and you do your work. You're not one of these guys who's out in the hall running your own show and trying to be the center of attention. And John goes, that was me! Did you hear what he just said? The bosses hated that. They appreciated this guy didn't do that. John never understood, even though Howard told him not to do it, and Gary hated it, and Leno hated it. He never figured it out. It's like, this isn't your show, asshole. You just work here totally and carl and that is if you watch john's ego is it, it comes out it shines when he goes in the studio because he can say anything he wants to anybody right tom gary called me a pussy um i don't know how we got through that because i mean my old man was a gym teacher i i uh I, if somebody calls you a pussy i mean um i wasn't used to that but i uh i took it 
And during the break, he thought everything was cool. And, and, and he came in. I think they had that on the show where they show it. Like, he thinks that we're okay after he just called another man a pussy. And um, I'm so glad that um, I think it was Ronnie who talked me down uh, because I'm like, I'm going to fuck this guy up. I mean, when, when this is over. But he's like, yeah, you're going to lose your job. And uh, I would leave that to my own devices to ruin that and uh, lose my job in my own way years later. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll just but, say, uh, I'll say he, this for you, Casey, is uh, you're a pretty big guy, especially back then. And uh, yeah. the last thing I'd be calling you is a pussy if I were stuttering John Valentes. No, but he goes, he, but it, it was that time on the air. He's like, come on, what are you going to do? And, and that, that goes to a different level. You can goof on somebody. That's what the show's about. And you should be in a free, feel free and safe in an atmosphere where nobody's going to physically attack you. But uh, it's a difference between goofing on somebody and saying, come on, come on. Right. What are you going to do? You're a pussy. Yeah. Um, that I didn't take well, but I got through it, Carl. Well, you pointed out something else, and hold on to your thought for a second yeah. there, um, that you know he would tattle on everyone that was one of his jobs there. And Scott Salem, like, oh, he didn't wash his hands. And I would, he's got to yell and or run and tell Howard that. Are you surprised at how John pretends that him and Scott are best buds now? Because I'm sure you've seen this thing where he stays with, with Scott down in Florida and, you know, they're, they're on the shows together and they're talking like they're old time pals. Like they hated each other, especially Scott hated John. Yeah, yeah, he did. And, and, and Carl, John has one type of relationship and that's a transactional relationship. Yes. It's what can you do for me? And uh, if you can't, I won't even acknowledge you. I might not even look at you. But if you could do something for me, we can be friends. And uh, or if you can support my ego, where I talk about myself, and you can say, "Oh yeah, John, you were the best. You you did so much, and you were uh, ahead of your time, and you were a big celebrity." Like I saw something when you guys just put out. Uh, by the way, it's so entertaining. You guys do such a great job. You and your team. Um, and, Thank you. Uh, everybody that we talked to, we talked about the Facumia. Oh my God, he is he is genius. Did you see when he gave his rebuttal to John? I think it's like. Um, yeah. It I've was watched, like an hour. And I've watched and it thrice. Yeah. I mean, I've, I I've watched I it. It's memorized. like a song you like, Carl. You keep playing it. <laughs> yeah. No, I've, I've watched that a bunch of times. It's fucking hilarious. Yeah. Uh, and you know what we, we got to talk about one time is that uh, my friend Mike went to that infamous show where John comes in blazing, where he's, uh, I'm used to the Tonight Show. You want uh, 20 bucks for beer or something like that? Remember yeah. that one I'm talking about? You oh, guys yeah. did yep. a great one. Of course, yeah. Uh, that was the Anthony and Artie show. That was when John went on with Anthony and Artie. Artie was 20 minutes late, and John got destroyed for 60 minutes and then took his ball and went home. Did you know that Mike drove in there? And was there for that whole thing. So that's somebody that uh, I've that communicated. With, I've communicated with Mike behind the scenes. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. very familiar with that. That's, that guy's got some stories to tell. And you know how it started, Carl? It, it started when they uh, Mike drove from Long Island, picked him and his brother up, I think, drove into the city. And when they get to Kumia's place, John goes, I'm going to get out. You go out and find parking. Yeah. Let him go out. And, and, and it's like he was a chauffeur to this guy who was supposed to be his friend. Oh, he treated know? him like shit the but whole weekend. Yeah. Transactional he, relationship. Yep. Well, that was the, that was the um, I don't know if it was the same weekend or not, but that was the famous poker game where he made him <laughs> go get money for John so he could buy back in. You got to go to the Carl, ATM. If you have to play cards with them again, I will never hang out with you. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you, as you should. Uh, Andy, did you get a question? Oh, no, I'm, I was just going to 
bring up the fact when he was uh, trying to egg you into just like calling you a pussy. Yeah. It just seemed like he was trying to manufacture one of those meltdowns, like Fred flipping out or, you know, one of the, one of the, uh, you know, cast members losing it. Right. And you just, you didn't bite and you didn't give him what he wants. So that's to your credit actually. Yeah. Oh, thanks. But Andy, yeah, you're right, man. Uh, That's exactly what he was trying to do. And he was good at it to, to press buttons. There's a place for that. And that's good. But, or when you start attacking a man, uh, if you're a man and you attack another man and you raise to that level, that, you know, um, that could have went a different way. And you can see that where he was on the air and it, it was his time to get back at the people who were above him. Yeah. Right. He oh, yeah, yeah. There's, there's, so many, Come on. there's so many examples of that. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll say this. I tried to get Casey to Rochester for DabbleCon. It would have been. It would have been fucking awesome. That would have been. That was going to be my big surprise. Have Casey come out and uh, spill spill the beans. Um, But there were so many videos that we played. You know, we had Anthony and and Missy, and we were uh, chatting about him on the Howard Stern show. And so many times when the programming director's in there, and John's just like firing off on all these people, when he would never say any of these things to people if he wasn't on the air, obviously. Right. That was, that was, that was his cover. That's, you that's no authority. why uh, he loved to tell on people. And, you know, it, it, sometimes it came out, it came out great, but you're right. He'd never say stuff like that uh, off the air. And the, the one thing uh, that I wanted to tell you, which I don't know if, if you know, but the biggest uh, grifter thing that he ever did was I told you about this thing at Lotus Notes where um, there were, uh, there was a group called Group, and that was everybody. That was even interns. They could see everything, right? Yeah. Uh, and then below that were, like, the writers and inner kind of people who actually did the production and stuff like that. So John hated it because he wasn't part of that. And that's probably why he didn't do Lotus Notes at all, because I thought I'm not going to be part of that. See, he wouldn't even get to see what the schedule was because he had nothing to do with it. We would print it out in the morning, give him one, so, hey, 7.30, you've got to pick up a phone call from whatever. But... As soon as he saw that, um, he would uh, jockey for position when a comedian came in so he could go bother them to get them on his Suttering John and Friends. Oh, and this is, the right. most, this is the most embarrassing and insulting things that you could do to someone who is a professional comedian. You got a guy who is going to take probably three quarters of the money Put you up uh, on stage for half the time. He'll have two people. Uh, they'll they'll both do you know uh, 35, 40, or whatever. John does five minutes and a beer guzzling at the end of the show, and is going to take home, you know, um, two times that you will. I'm talking about you know like uh, somebody like Artie or a Nick DiPaolo yep. or someone who is um, Michael Jordan of stand-up comedy, and. John would just wait to see a copy of the schedule or try and sneak a copy so he could see what people were coming in because he had nothing to do with booking it. Is yeah. that gross? Are you sure you just didn't know how to use Lotus Notes? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's very... Yeah. He never bothered to learn, yeah. for sure. Yeah. But it's funny you bring that up, Casey, because we've been documenting this on our Patreon. If you listen, we have another Patreon episode coming up in a couple of weeks of uh, another installment of Easy For You To Say. And one of the things that John talks about in his book, and he brags about it, 
is how much money he would pay Nick DiPaolo or Jim Florentine or Modi or Jim Norton, any of these guys that was on this Stuttering John and Friends tour. And he brags about how he would take most of the money and did very little of the work because he would go out there, do seven minutes. He wasn't a stand-up. He admits that in his book. He wasn't good at it back then. And (laughs) could you imagine, Casey, you have a Nick DiPaolo who's a pro, who's got an act, a name for himself, everything going on. He's just like, yeah, I'd love to be on the Centering John and Friends tour. There's going to be all these Howard Stern fans. It's going to be great. And then years later, John's writing in his book. Yeah. And Nick DiPaolo was worth like, I don't know, 1500 bucks a weekend. Meanwhile, I took 20 grand. You're like, what the yeah, fuck? Put that number out there too. Oh, it's, it's, it's so insulting. And it's, and it's, it, it, and it bothers me too, because at the same time, like, I, I guess, we were starting to do stand up at the same time, and I, you know, I went, to, you know, to the, the New York Comedy Club, and you know, I sucked at it, and but I wanted to get better, so at night I would go do it. You yeah. know, um, John didn't uh, put put the time in because you know you you really you suck for the first five six years or whatever. Sure. And um, I, that's where I met Florentine and I met Levy, and I uh, brought them, and we used to go every every weekend. And you would learn from people who knew how to do it, not from an ego where you think that you are equal to these people who have surpassed you and uh, are professionals at what they do. It's like saying to a plumber, hey, um, you know, you don't know what the hell you're doing. Let me use my hand. And it's ridiculous. I really feel I feel like it's akin to like being a like a show promoter and like booking it. And these are the, this is the talent, yep. and you're doling in the, this amount out. It would be like if Sharon Osbourne was going around saying, "Oh, I I opened for Motley Crue and <laughs> you're Ozzy." That's right. just like you're right. Yeah. You were just there. You you yeah. you got you would, to these guys to agree like, to do something, and then you underpaid them and kept too much of the money. It'd be like if Sharon Osbourne wrote a book talking about how she takes credit for Iron Maiden success. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Well, I, I did put them on Ozfest in 2007. You're like, yeah, no, no, no that has nothing to do with. Any of this, but right, that's what yeah. Sutter John, that's how he thinks about himself. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny that you say he never put in the work because you can tell by the way he writes his book and talks about these tours that he would go up, he would do a stupid thing, show his video or whatever, and then bring the other guys on to do all the work. And he just enjoyed all the, the accolades and the balls on this guy to say that Artie Lang was a hack. He literally uh, wrote in there that Artie's act was not good and he wasn't funny. You're one of the biggest hacks I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what he oh, said about Artie. He doesn't know how to craft a joke, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking insane for this guy to be doing shows with Artie Lang. He's killing it. He's killing the room. He's selling out all the places they're playing. He's like, this guy's not even good at comedy. Like, what? Oh, yeah. You have no idea what a gift that was. If Artie asked you at the kindness of his heart, um, he did it be- because, uh, you know, uh, we were friends. I got to do a bunch of gigs with him yeah. and there were people, out- he would sell out two, three shows. And when, uh, uh I was in a, a group called Murderer's Rose with Levy Florentine, Sexton, Jimmy Graham and, uh, and Scott Demo. Uh, we, you know, we, are you saying you discovered Bob Levy? <laughs> Jim actually Jim introduced me to him but anyway my point in that Levy handled the money Levy handled the gigs I don't know anything about that I can just promote it on the show and that's why I'm on there right you know I'm not uh, you know I'm not some blue chip prospect uh, and, and then you know you learn they took me on the road and you get to learn stuff 
But right away, John thought that he was on that level, which is just so delusional. Yeah. And it's, it, it's really crazy, don't, don't you think? Yeah, he's drafting off the popularity of Howard Well, and thinking that he's earned that. The, the word that Casey just used is perfect. Instead of stuttering John, he doesn't stutter anymore. Delusional John yeah. is the perfect <laughs> name. Like, he's a whack packer now. It's Delusional John. Yeah. What does he think he accomplished this time? <laughs> hey, Delusional John, tell us about how you were the head writer for The Tonight Show. Oh, Carl, you got to hear Suli talk. I don't know if you've heard, but Suli tells this awesome story about how John left his tape, which was half his act, oh, yeah. uh, before he came. He left it in a, uh, a hotel room in Vegas. Yeah. And do you know the story? Oh, oh yeah. No, Shuli's told this on the show before. Because yeah, it, be, it was before yeah. Shuli, like he was a, a caller to the show, but he wasn't employed by them at all. And he lived in Vegas. And he busted his ass to get this tape out of the, the room. And John left it behind and get it back to John. And he could have thrown John under the bus because John was not supposed to be showing any Howard Stern material on these shows. And that's, Stern, that's was that supposed doing. to be in the... In, even in the, the booking, not on the marquee, right. not anything. You had to say K Rock. You know, you had to. Yep. You couldn't use his name. But after everything, Carl, the magic, uh, the magic phrase was, "After all I've done for you." <laughs> <laughs> that is John's catchphrase right there. Carl, I've done for you. Like, and and Chewie's even saying, "Just like, what did you do for me? You put me on hold? What do you mean?" <laughs> <laughs> you see, I always try and help people. Because what else are we here yeah. for? It's correct. Yeah, of course. Of course he does. Uh, Casey, I want to ask you, so obviously you guys worked together on the Stern Show, and I, I love that you're coming out and explaining what John's actual role was and everything like that. But what was your experience after he left? And he went to the Tonight Show, and very quickly he was on the pay no mind list from the Howard Stern Show because there was the fight between Howard and Leno. But how did you guys reconnect down the road? Did he reach out to you to do his podcast, or did you have other interactions outside of that? Yeah, that's a good question, Carl. Um, if you if you want to know what changed at the show, nothing. Uh, Will just moved over a seat, and <laughs> besides doing the great work that Will does, booking guests, uh, doing research, pre-interviews, uh, he just answered the phone. And um, there was no difference when John wasn't there, uh, because, like I said, he never did anything. I mean, you know, if you worked there and you were a producer there, you got there at like 5.30. I had to get Howard. I had to wait for him. So I got there a little bit earlier. And then um, uh, whatever had to happen. And 6 o'clock, he was on air, right? Um, John would get there running as fast as he could. No calls are up. Howard wanted calls up at 6 o'clock if he wanted to right away go to the phones. Yep. And um, a lot of times we'd have an, uh, an intern uh, or... I think Benji was there before he went into the studio. But anyway, uh, after the show, as soon as uh, uh, Robin would end the news, John was gone, uh, trying to um, trying to grub lunch from somebody, mm-hmm. and then he'd go home. So he had oh the other, but the other um, the other job he had was doing fan mail. Um, he'd get an intern, and he'd read two lines of it. That goes in the fan bin. That goes in the wanting to come on the show bin or whatever. And uh, that took about five minutes of his time. Yes. That's all he did, Carl. So, yeah. So, Casey has brought this up. John only had really two jobs. Now, for a while there, he was the stunt boy and he was interviewing celebrities. But he became so well known that he couldn't do that anymore. So, they had to get different guys to interview the celebrities. So, John's only jobs at the end of his run on the Howard Stern Show were to answer the phone calls and to look at the mail. That's it. That's it. 
That's yeah, it. That's it. And, and, and to tell on people. Which, <laughs> well, right. Yeah, thought, of course. Try, try, try to get out of the air as much as possible, of course. Yeah. And getting whatever you can get out of it and, uh, you know, bothering the comedians that were sitting in for the news to see if they were big enough yeah. um, and they were going to bring draw people to his Sonny John and Friends. Or trying uh, to and, prank Grillo and failing miserably at it. <laughs> We've never played that tape before on this show, but that might be fun to look at at some point. When he tried to prank Grillo because he the dollar bill thing, he made Gri- no, he made uh-huh. Grillo think that he was up for like this acting role. He had an audition for this acting role, okay, mm. and he didn't tell anyone on the show that he was pranking Grillo, and he just came in with the tapes like, "Oh, check this out, this is great." So they're like, "Okay, cool, let's see what you got." And then it was so bad that I was like, "John, you're not allowed to do this anymore. <laughs> yeah. If you want to do a prank on someone, you got to get Fred involved, and Jackie, you got to get the comedians involved because you're not funny. Right. This is not good at all. I'm, gi- I'm giving away the punchline, but I mean, totally. yeah, no, yeah. it's so worth checking. Yeah, I think out we'll still stuff. enjoy it. Yeah. 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 The, Carl, th- this is what the problem was. Is like on Lotus Notes, if you were a part of Lotus Notes, or if you even were in group, you know, I would see it and I could forward it to the guys. One with Howard and Jackie and Rod. And if Howard thought it was a good idea, and his red pen. He would he would say bring up in the meeting or something like that. Yeah. But John was too good for that. He didn't even participate in the way that we were supposed to uh, contribute to the to the show. Uh, it's just uh, it's just that that huge ego. And, no, I, uh, I think he was afraid of rejection. To be honest with you, I don't think he wanted to put his, his ideas out there because Howard would just be like, "That's a terrible idea, John." <laughs> Moving right. on. Right, right. Uh, So anyway, just to get back, though, to that question, um, I'm just curious, as far as your relationship with John after he left the show and then later after you left the show, did you guys keep in contact or was it actually just like five or six years ago he reached out, hey, will you come on my show and talk about how Yeah, I I think that's that's kind of the way it went. I I was in California for like 10 years and I don't know if he was out at the same time, uh, but we never got together out there. I would say we crossed paths again um, when our books came out, I think. Okay. Yeah, but mine mentioned Howard one time in, <laughs> in two books. It was nothing about the Howard Stern show. That's 25 years ago. I have, I to, I have to give you a lot of credit, Casey, because you Thank do not you. live in the past. You've avoided talking about this. You finally went, everyone's talking about John. I, I got to get in on this shit. It's too much yeah, fun. And, and that too, and, and then, but, but then calling me a liar... Basically, yeah. I don't like that. Right. Um, that's 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 something where you just you draw the line where I knew what he was doing. But my friend Autumn, who uh, worked with me and did John's website, and like I said, never got paid. Uh, she would get mad because she read the book and he would uh, set me up to like lie, saying like the homeless game that I created as an intern, um, which, you know, kind of got my foot in the door. Or maybe I was working. There, I don't know. It's so long ago. But I'm the one that stole jaywalking. Um, and he put it in a book. So basically, you can call me whatever you want, and if you think I suck, that's fine. But don't call me a liar, yeah. and 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 don't put my word um, uh, up for interpretation because it is what it is, and that's one thing that I don't uh, fare well with. If you can understand that, that's sure. especially up. when a liar calls you a liar. Yeah. that's even worse. That's even worse. <laughs> that's fucked up. Yeah. So you brought up something that just reminded me. There is a huge scoop. From my boy Muttering Jay on oh. Twitter. The oh, man. Uh, I got one too, but you go first. Okay, good. Hold on to that thought. Muttering Jay hasn't been wrong yet. Right. And he reports a lot of information. Apparently, we all know the great Michael Popak <laughs> did his work for John Pro Bono when they were trying to sue Sirius XM. Not trying to. But he's they, so rich, though. Why does every lawyer give him Pro Bono? Wait, say that again? 
but he's so rich and he's got so much money. Right. Why, why, well, he doesn't even why need does it. Every lawyer yeah. do pro bono. I don't know. It's so weird. They do that I for know. poor people. So listen to this though. So Michael Popak suing SiriusXM. He did it for the publicity, but maybe also he thought they're just going to settle and, and make it easy for him or something. But it actually turned into an actual thing, and it took a lot of time. And Michael Popak has complained about this. So apparently. Michael Popak invoiced John for some incidentals. Now, you can do the work pro bono, and you're like, okay, I, this is my firm. I'm going to make sure that the time that my people spend on this, I'm not going to charge you for. Very nice thing to do. But there's going to be out-of-pocket costs that are hard costs. That, are, that that part of pro bono. I've I've worked at agencies. I've owned an agency. I know how this all works. It's like, all right, we're going to do this for free for our time, but any out-of-pocket expenses, we need you to reimburse. John has blocked Michael Polpak, blocked oh, his number, God. blocked his email. He refuses to pay him or even acknowledge that he owes him money. What a scumbag. He's a fucking scumbag. What's your story? His credit's already uh, fucked. It's not like his credit score is going to I won't align go- myself with a loser. <laughs> <laughs> you want money? Try winning the case. Yeah. <laughs> Think about the balls on that, guys. I mean, the, the balls. Somebody's going to help you for free. Yep. And you're going to turn around and screw them over. That sucks. Now, uh, when I was we're not talking about a lot of money, too, Casey. We're talking. We're not talking about you know. We're talking about the amount of money that you anyone would be like, all right, that's reasonable. Here you go. All right, yeah. what do you got? Well, um, going through some of uh, you know, the, uh, YouTube gives you they recommend stuff that you, if you like, you know, who are these podcasts? They're going to uh, hook up with like the the Uncle Rico and stuff like. So you discover new stuff. There was a video. I'm not sure if it's still up, and I don't know if you guys know anything about it. It's John, so it's not that he went out there. Um, he broadcasts the fact that there was something that went on with him and his ex-wife, uh, and he mentioned, uh, he's like, well, we were young then, and it was Howard and Beth. Um, I'm not making this up. It was just, it was, it's, a, it's a YouTube video implying that there was some Tricanery, some nonsense, some uh, tomfoolery going on with couples. Wait, what? <laughs> I have not heard this. This is news to me. Are you are you it's talking about like a wife swap situation? Is that what you're trying to say? Yes, yes. I, and it's John's voice, so it's not something that I'm making up. Or he oh, maybe it's a deep fake. I, I I didn't want to talk about it because uh, my my ex-wife. I did it not to talk about it because of her. But I wondered if that was a thing that, you know, because I'm learning a lot of this stuff now. Was that a thing? Well, you just made it a thing. <laughs> it's, it, well, it's on the internet. And I was just, you know, it sure watching is. it. It's, it's, a, it's a short video. It's, uh, it's John talking. So, guys, I'm not putting something out there. I'm there. asking the Dabbleverse to look for that. I haven't been checking the yeah, subreddit awesome. in a while. Go. So, yeah. Boom. <laughs> if that, if oh, that's I love a the thing. Dabbleverse videos and they're. Their photoshops. Uh, such a creative bunch of people over there. Oh, I know. You, you, you're lucked out. You got great people around. It's, all, it's well, you know what it is. John's um, inability to be funny or entertaining in any single way <laughs> has attracted just the opposite yeah. to him. It really is. He has united so. It really is amazing. <laughs> Boom.
But, um, you know, Casey, I've not heard of that. And maybe it's a deep fake or something. People have to let me know if they can find it. I'd love to, to hear that. Because I just feel like if John fucked Beth O, he would never shut up about it. Yeah. It just seems like something that he'd be bragging about every day. Like, he's in algebra class, and he's going, all right, so we're going to do uh, 17 divided by 6. Yeah. They ever tell you I fucked Howard Stern twice? I'm sorry, go ahead, Andy. Sorry. I was just going to say the wives in that scenario are the real losers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it, 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 in, in the video, it, it, it just says... Uh, that he's not talking about it because uh, he's thinking of his ex-wife. He doesn't say that he slept with anybody, but what the implication is is that there was some nonsense and some silliness uh, okay. that happened a long time ago when they were young. Okay. And I wanted to know what it was because I don't know a lot of these things, you know? I'm I like learning. that you're saying tomfoolery and nonsense and <laughs> <Yeah>. silliness. <laughs> These are great words. There was some hand holding. This is a this is a radio it's a radio pro right here, fellas. You got to figure out different words to use. Somebody was making time with Howard's best girl. That's great. Uh, Well, Casey, aside from the YouTube channel, which is what Casey Armstrong. Yeah, yeah, just Casey Armstrong, and it's it's my picture. So yep, uh, that's that's the one I'm looking to get the. The letters KC Armstrong on YouTube. Anything else that you're promoting right now? Uh, your radio show, your book? Yeah, uh, I'm starting um, writing my third book now and WMAPradio.com. Um, I just had to leave the studio and it, um, in the process of moving for the, so the, the first time in six years, I'm off the air for this week. Okay. And moving into a new. Um, uh, a new building, but we'll be back up uh, on Monday doing uh, WMAP radio and all that stuff. But I want to thank you guys so much. I want, I want to thank everybody um, for welcoming me and having me on and uh, anytime. Buddy. Casey, let's definitely do this again sooner than later. You and I actually, and this was Casey's idea. We did a whole breakdown of Paris Hilton's <laughs> documentary. I remember that. It was great. It's yeah. up on YouTube. It, it was one of the very first video versions of who are these podcasts we ever did. Now we do it a c- couple times a week, but back then I, I didn't know how to do it. And Casey was like, no, we got to break this down. And it, it's so much fun. Uh, r- really. I had a blast doing that, but uh, it's great that you're part of the, the dabble verse now. And I, uh, uh, I appreciate you hopping on board to let us know about some behind the scenes uh, stuttering John shenanigans. Anytime, man. And, and on that channel, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna, um, you know, follow up and do a whole bunch of stuff there. I'm gonna do four videos just so I get it out. And um, those, the rest of the videos will be games, uh, like with three questions, like who got makeup at the the Vegas live shows? Um, was it Dominic? Was it Fred or John? And the question is, it was John in front of the whole crowd. He had to take Tony Covert over and said, you know, put makeup on me so I look important to all these people. Like, just shit like that. That's know? great. So I'll do a couple games like that, and then I'll put John away, and we'll be even. People like Stuttering John games. I've <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> I might have an announcement about that at some point soon, <laughs> yeah. too. A potato is going to steal that idea. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> all right, Casey, thanks, buddy. Good to talk to you again. Thanks so much, guys. Uh, one, talk to you soon. One of these days we're going to connect. We've been uh, we've been no, missing no each other a few few times, but one yeah. of these days. We'll, we'll, to... we'll definitely we'll definitely do it, man. Our next live event on there, right. Philadelphia, April twenty second. Yeah, there you go. I'm there. All right, buddy. All right, cool. I'll talk Take to you care. soon. Later. Awesome.
The great Casey Armstrong, everybody. Amazing. Do, 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 do. I was going to, so he sent me that video before he posted it. And I was going to pull clips from it. I'm like, I'll just have mine. We'll just talk about it. And then I think uh, it was last week or earlier this week, it was discovered. They're like, has anyone seen this video of Casey <laughs> calling out centering down? Like, all right, well, the cat's out of the bag yeah. on that one. But uh, God, hey. if I could have gotten into DabbleCon, that would have been fucking awesome. That would have been. Oh, wow. Yeah. What are you going to do next well, time? Next show. Next time we'll he do He just that. said he's going to be in Philly. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just start holding my breath. <gasps> Guys, I have uh, a news update. Somehow Podcast <laughs> Hitman reached out to me. Again? Listen to this. I got an email. A request to join Getting Out. You have a new inmate contact request. Matthew Lewinsky, a resident of Macomb County Jail, Michigan, would like to be able to communicate with you. If you would like to be connected to this inmate, please click the button below to accept the request. Uh, what is Getting Out by Telemay? Getting Out by Telemay is a communication system designed to make it simple for friends and family to connect with inmates by phone, video vis- visitation, voicemail, written messages, photo sharing, and more. <laughs> He's not give- able to get out, though, is he? I'll see if you vouch for him. Well, what about for a weekend? <laughs> uh, and then deposit funds. You may deposit funds to inmate friends and family and trust accounts online at gettingout.com. At the Telmat kiosk or by phone. Anyway, the point is this. I got this email. I'm bad with email, but I immediately went in and filled out all the forms. (laughs) Gave in all the information. I'm like, yes, I'm willing to chat with Matthew, whatever he wants to do. So that's cool. Hopefully I will get something with Matthew Lewinsky (laughs) soon. (laughs) That's pretty neat. I feel bad because he wrote me that handwritten letter. How he wants to fuck your wife. How he wants to fuck my wife. But, <laughs> but I never did respond to that. So I, f- I felt bad about it. So I'm going to try to do that. I don't normally do a voicemail this early in the show, but I'm going to. Hey, what's up? Hey, man. Audio separated at birth is uh, Chad Zumach doing you and Alex Jones doing fucking Bill Gates. Put that together. Interesting. Alex Jones doing Bill Gates. Sounds exactly like Chad Zubach doing Carl. Is that true? Bill Gates up there that little chicken neck. You know how he walked like, like a demonic elf. Hey, Bill Gates. I'm Carl. I'm a really shitty band. I stole Jocktober from my own A. I laugh at my own jokes. I do inside jokes on stage that nobody knows. You nailed it, sir. I've never wow. liked Chad Zubak before, but now you compare him to Alex Jones, I'm like, oh, all right, well, that's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> that's not so bad, I suppose. Um, all right, let's let's get into this real quick. It's time to mock Zumok. Starting with this. So we had the segment last week with Patrick Michael <laughs> making fun of Chad's roast at the Kevin Brennan roast. And one of the jokes on there, he's talking to Anthony Kumi in the audience, and he says, you know, Anthony, you have now your own network and your, your success, and Opie's best friend died. That was like the punchline to it. What I didn't realize, and Dave from Canada pointed out to me, thank you, Dave, is that Corinne Fisher from Guys We Fucked, who was on the dais, was dating Carl Ruiz when he died. Oh. 
<laughs> and and he sent me the video where she's talking about this. It's a little bit too long, so I'm not going to play it for you right now. But she explains that they met doing a podcast together, and they exchanged phone numbers, and they were texting, and they were getting along really great. And it was the start of this amazing relationship. And then all of a sudden, he died. And then next thing you know, Chad Zumach is nice. making that a punchline yeah. next to her on a dais. Good one, Chad. <laughs> Way to read the room. Good stuff on that one. Classic. Holy shit. The class act he is. All right. So I mentioned on the last episode that Chad got really drunk on Misery Loves Company, and I had a bunch of clips to play. Well, since then, there's been a bunch more episodes <laughs> of Misery Loves Company. So, uh, Misery Loves Company, uh, Patreon only? Well, what? what happens is they do the show live. Um, and anyone can watch it. And the uh, reason why they YouTube? do that, yes. Wow. Okay. And the reason why they do that is so that they can collect super chats because you can't do that with an unlisted video. So at 4 p.m., I think it's Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, they go live. They they'll take all the super chats they can get, and then they immediately take the video down and then just put it up for their Patreon. Patreon. God, that's a good idea. <laughs> well, it's working. <laughs> Except that I couldn't find I wanted to watch right. this and I couldn't find it. So. Well, it, it wasn't Chad's idea, I can tell you that. <laughs> Someone much smarter than him. But Kevin Brennan on February 4th did a solo show. And it was just him in the afternoon. It was just a random like Saturday afternoon kind of thing. <laughs> and from what I know and from what I've heard, because I want to thank my friend Jackie Marlowe, who's been sending me all these videos and clips, and it's overwhelming, to be honest with you. There's so much going on. And I'm not going to bore everyone. We're going we're gonna to move this quickly. But I guess Kevin had sent Chad the StreamYard link to come on, but Chad was sleeping or drunk or... Drinky. Writing both. jokes, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, right, probably... Drinky, write, drowsy. <laughs> probably <laughs> writing jokes would be my guess. So this is him. And like I said, this might be an exclusive. I don't know that you can find this anywhere. Uh, Jackie, who sent this to me, who was on the Misery Loves Company Patreon, could not find it. Like, it hasn't been re-uploaded like he normally does, <laughs> according to him. This is Chad joining the show. So now, now Chad's jumping on, of course. Perfect, Perfect timing. timing. Hey! For those of you listening, Chad is in his underpants and he was angling his camera and he didn't realize he was showing just the lower half of his body just now. And Kevin's like, whoa, what the fuck is going on here? Oh, he's amazing. What's up? You know, this is a, another <laughs> parallel with Stuttering John. Yeah. Only funny when he's not trying to be funny. Yeah. That's when he's at his best, when he shows up drunk and sleepy in his underpants. Hey, what's up, man? What are we doing? <laughs> yeah, what's the problem? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm wrapping up. Oh. I'm wrapping the fans up. are going to love this. <laughs> I just woke up. Yeah, no kidding. So you don't you can't put your pants on? <laughs> okay, it's too late. I gotta go. My son my son's having a a, a buddy over and like Any, anything yeah. but this. Yeah, yeah. My, my son's being bored or yeah, something. Whatever. I don't know. I gotta go. And we can't top what just happened, so let's just end it. That, that's what Kevin just said. He's like, yeah. holy shit, this is amazing. So he literally goes so Chad didn't realize that he showed his camera that he's wearing his underpants. So 
Kevin goes, well, you couldn't put some pants on? And you saw Shay, he's like, how does he know? Yeah. How does this wizard know I'm not wearing pants? I've got a magical spell. Five and ten minutes. So I, yeah, I, I, No, I've been doing a show. I, I, you sent me an email, and then I, I only had a gap between uh, 2.30 and 3.30. So I had to do it then, you know. Well, and then I, I, was shitting, I was just shitting on Gino and... And uh, and Chrissy and Frank and uh, that's what I do. I know that's your specialty, dude. Send me a message. Stop, unblock me. I already unblocked you. I think you blocked me. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, metal chestnut. He can't keep track of all the people he's blocking. Obviously, yeah. that's what I do. Oops. What I don't do is wear pants <laughs> on the yeah. internet. I love that he thinks he's good at ripping on people. So he's doing this new show. Kumia's Cucks is this new show he's doing. And, and in that show, he's calling out everyone he thinks that got to where they are because they kissed Anthony's ass. And he's so bad at it. So I started watching the first episode of this. He's making fun of Aaron from Steel Toe. And he did the same thing that he did on who are these podcasts, which made him the worst co-host ever. He's not funny. He's just angry. Yeah. That's not funny. So Chad, try I'm to... Not- Mixing a joke, I, I even tweeted at him and tried to give him some advice. I, I think I'm blocked, but I let him know. I'm like, you know, even Mike David at Red Bar like, mixes in a joke every now and again. Like, he's angry. Does anybody remember laughter? <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. Like, Chad, let's remember why we're doing this. It's supposed to be fun. And Chad has now, as of this morning, declared war. So I got a couple clips here from this video that he put out. <laughs> And I'm playing it off of YouTube so we can see how many views this video has had He's so far. Standing in front of an American flag. We're not lying to you. All right, let me just check out real quick. Um, oh no, where did the where did the view count go? All right, let me play it and then we'll check it out. We are at war. This is an official war, everybody. Uh, this isn't a shoot. This isn't rustling. I know that uh, steel. Steelho, Cameltoe in uh, Minnesota loves rustling, and he thinks he's a. Uh, he has a history of making bad decisions. And then when the heat gets too hot, he goes, I thought we were just having some fun. I thought we were just having some fun. Chad, it's not war. It's entertainment. We are having fun. When you called the health department on the comedy club that we just played, that was not having fun. Right. That's the opposite of what we should be doing right now. We're just supposed to be like having fun right now. This is like entertainment. For everybody to to check out, I don't know why I can't see. Yeah, if if that didn't wasn't brought up on the show and turned into something funny, a, right. like a funny story by Vinny to tell on the show, if, if nobody, if that's a tree falling in the woods. Like no, nobody would even know that you did that, except for the manager of the comedy club. It's it's not like you're right. getting over on it. Correct. Anyone. Yeah. No. He's just he's literally being a dick. So he's declaring war here. This video went out this morning. It has forty two views. So watch out, everybody. <laughs> Holy shit. So um, the Z army is coming for you. Yeah. <laughs> so now he's going to call out Aaron. And one of the things that Aaron does is he asks for money and they have goals set for each of their broadcasts. So they do like four or five hours a morning. It's insane what he Jesus does. Christ. Yeah. So, so he, asks for, he asks for donations. Now, Chad is above that. But is he? There's no goal. If you want to support, great. Thank you. I appreciate it. But if you don't, it's not your obligation to pay my fucking bills. We do put work and energy into it. And if you like the content and you want the content to continue, yes, support. But it's not your duty to do so. 
So when I see this guy begging for money on the internet, saying how he's growing and we're not, I think he's just a snake oil salesman. He's manipulating people. And I hope you guys, I will try. I don't think he understands what snake oil is or manipulating people. Yeah. People who enjoy his show, they're like, hey, if you want to chip in, and then they do. It's yeah. and it's like he a forgot transaction. I didn't forget. I distinctly remember you begging for one dollar Patreon. Oh yeah. Dad, you oh, fucking loser. For, for sure. So this is what's so annoying is now he's trying to pretend like, yeah, guys, if you want to support me, great. But this is the worst part right here. Treat you with the utmost respect, the audience. <laughs> you don't treat anyone with respect, you <laughs> moron. Wakes up to that and sees it unsubscribe from him this is a full-out war now delete your patreon from carl the see this is the problem right here this is where chad's not having any fun with that mm -hmm. because he literally wants me to make less money yeah i've never told anyone not to support someone i never want to like ruin someone's career chad's doing it wrong yeah. he doesn't get it like chad always talks about how he gets it and then he comes out and he goes stop giving money to carl yeah, I know you think you like his show, but you don't. You like my show. <laughs> You're not going to convince anyone with that argument. And trying to take away someone's livelihood is just being a dick. Yeah. It's just being an asshole, Chad. There's nothing about this that someone, a reasonable person who watches be like, I'm Team Chad now. Right? Yeah. <laughs> this guy seems really funny. Yeah. This sounds reasonable. Patreon from Carl, the biggest phony. <laughs> Steel to unsubscribe. Do not support his product. No, you're talking. I don't know who you're talking to, but <laughs> I don't think that's going to work. Right forty-two now. people. You're, you're you're down forty-two subscribers. By the way, if I'm a phony, I put in a lot of fucking hours of being a phony. It's this guy, <laughs> I'd say I'm pretty goddamn good at it phony. at this point. So, Andy, I ask you, why is it that people are watching my show and Aaron's show, Steel Toe over there? Mm -hmm. uh, there must be some trickery going on or something. The Jokes. energy, if you ever see a video, hit like and leave a comment. doesn't matter what the comment is because I know what these two, these two fucking dolts do, the guy in Rochester and fucking um, uh, Steel Toe. You already they said Carl. You can the say algorithm it. So they'll continue to be out there. It's not necessary. Yeah, did you hear that? We've manipulated the algorithm. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> manipulated the algorithm so they'll continue to be out there. We've manipulated oh. the algorithm. He's learned a new word. <laughs> yeah, right. The algorithm. There's a narrative and an algorithm <laughs> and manipulation. Dude, if I could manipulate the algorithm, I wouldn't be laughing at Chad Zubak on the internet. <laughs> I'd be a multi-trillionaire. Are you yeah. kidding me? You'd be like Tommy with a million bots on Spotify. Right. Yes, exactly. That's manipulating the algorithm. So in Chad's mind, people who support us are dumb because we're phonies and, and they don't see that. And the reason why we get so many views on YouTube is because we've somehow manipulated an algorithm. Not because people like the show and comment on it and subscribe to it. No, it's just like this crazy conspiracy yeah. that YouTube's in on and the biggest company in the world is in on. You've hypnotized everyone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which I would say is pretty impressive. Yeah. True. <laughs> and then um, this is the last clip I want to play from him declaring war on us. But if you happen to have... Kevin Brennan's Burning Bridges archive, please send it to me. I know somebody on Patreon did, because apparently Iraq has had it with us. He's pissed off, and he nuked all the Burning Bridges off of Compound Media. He destroyed. There's, he did it yesterday while we were broadcasting. This is what we're dealing with. We're dealing with pretenders and pettiness. So if you happen to have the Burning Bridges archive, I know a few of you do. 
This what is, is the so, most petty pretender there is. Yeah. So is this like a show that he was on, Burning Bridges? Well, what's funny what is, is Burning that? Bridges was Kevin Brennan's show when he was on Compound Media. When he was an employee of Compound Media, Okay. he was doing a show called Burning Bridges. Chad's talking about like it was his show. Yeah. Please send it our way because uh, it's no longer their property. They deleted it. It's our property now. Our property now? What do you mean by that, Chad? So he he's like, calling this, out this stuff is uh, worthless. I'm going to get rid of it. Well, no, <laughs> it's the garbage. He, he's calling out Iraq as if this was Iraq's decision. As <laughs> if he went in and went, Anthony, I'm getting rid of the whole archive of burning bridges. I, I'm so fed up with Chad Zubak, you know, because that's what Iraq does. Yeah. He goes around pulling his weight. Yeah, you guys. <laughs> it doesn't even fucking make sense. What happened was, and Chad knows this. He's he's playing dumb. He's acting like it's this petty thing. Oh, well, they got rid of all the episodes of Burning Bridges on Compound Media because E-Rock's got a grudge. No, what happened was Kevin Brennan, out of nowhere, decided to declare war on Anthony Cumia, who was paying him to be a guest on his show once a week. Didn't need to. You're a guest on, on his show. You can promote your thing, do whatever you want. Kevin decided, I'd rather do my own show on Thursdays at 4 because I can make super chat money. I can make more money than the $100 Anthony's giving me. So instead of just saying, and I don't know, I mean, unless you want to give me more money, I got better things to do. He decided he wanted to go on the internet and say, fuck Anthony, he's a cheapskate, blah, blah, blah. So, wow, what's going to happen when you do that? Oh, the company that's paying for all of this bandwidth and hosting fees for your old videos, we'll just take them down then. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're declaring war on us? Okay, well, all your episodes are gone. They're yeah. not on Compound Media anymore. Right. Why wouldn't they take those down? Why would they leave those up? Yeah. Persona non grata. Yes. We don't need this right. shit. Right. You're the one who decided you want nothing to do with Anthony. So Anthony's like, all right, fine, <laughs> <laughs> whatever. I have other shows that people want to see. So Chad's full of shit, and he knows it. And the idea that he's talking about, like, our show that was on Compound. Okay. If you say so. All right. I can't wait to see what his next look is going to be. Mm. He's oh. gone from Argyle sweater to the captain hat. Right. Now he dresses like Easy. <laughs> yep. Wearing a barrel. Yeah. I hope, All right. he, I hope he ends up like Easy. So here's the, sh- <laughs> here's the next one. <laughs> They decided that Misery Loves Company needed to do a show during the halftime show of the Super Bowl. Okay. Yeah. So they went on live on that Sunday evening, and guess who's drunk? <laughs> <laughs> That's our friend Chad Zubach. And so they have Ray DeVito's on there, who's another comic, and then, of course, Kevin Brennan and the Reverend Bob Levy. And um, they're talking about... This is funny because they're talking about his performance, Chad's performance on the Kevin Brennan roast. Here we go. Are you so mad about the roast? No, I'm fine. Yeah. I, I don't even hate Why Bob. do you hate everybody, Chad? You hate me right now? You Because you gossip Cassidy? like a bitch, Ray. You're Chad's a gossip drunk. bitcher. Chad's yeah, yeah, yeah. Chad, I'm not drunk. I'm, I'm telling it like it is. Tell him how you feel, Chad. Tell him how you feel. But, like he'll text, hey, Kevin, why did Chad block me? Text me, dick. <laughs> You blocked him. Barbara, I, you, I, I, I quit texting you when you, yeah, you when you were him. fucking threatening me. You were fucking threatening me. How sir, did I right? threaten you, Ray? How did uh, I, you were telling me that uh, you were going to kill me and everything? <laughs> like, lie, 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 lie. Just really is that. Lie. Uh, so Ray, Ray's going. So th- this is a ridiculous thing. Chance out of his mind. Obviously, he's going, dude. If you're going to block me, why wouldn't you text me and tell me why you blocked me? It's like, wait, wait, what? So he's explaining that. This is so funny. Yeah, he's explaining. Uh, Ray's going, well, you were threatening to kill me. And Chad goes, well, that's a lie. 
I was in the green room with Bob Levy. He was showing me on his phone when Chad was texting him that he wants him to die. So I know Chad does this. Chad gets drunk and threatens people (laughs) as a fucking prick. Gets a little sensitive. Yeah. (laughs) No one likes him. And uh, I actually have a clip here that I think proves my point even more. I love how Chad hates Ray for no reason. Yeah, I I love it, too. It's hilarious. It's great. You don't like it, Ray. No, he doesn't like it. He pretends he does. Yeah, I know. On camera, I, he does. But after, he's like, he's a fucking uh-oh. asshole. Hey, Bill Squire, he's a fucking dickhead. I don't like him at all. Bill Squire, the yeah, singer, he, Billy Squire? Behind Billy the scenes, Squire. Ray does not like me, and I'm fine with that. Chad, nobody likes you behind the scenes. <laughs> oh, I have a lot of fans. We're on the scene. <laughs> yeah. I mean, all Kevin has to do is put out the obvious, and it gets yeah. a giant laugh. <laughs> Again, no one likes you, Chad. You suck. Everyone fucking hates you. Why would anyone like you? You're just an asshole to everyone all the time. And so him and Ray DeVito have been talking a lot of shit. And so Ray finally gets fed up here. And this is hilarious. Uh, I did Hassan Reddick, the Philadelphia Eagles linebacker. (laughs) Snore story. Okay, let, no, let he's Ray MVP the, of the fucking defense. I did give uh, the history of the fucking hat. Nobody gives a fuck about. <laughs> Considering <laughs> auctioning, write a joke, Chad. Write a fucking oh, joke. Well, I do. Plenty of them. Plenty of them. Where I get full ex- sound exchange checks time, once a month. You got to stamp that. You got to time stamp that. Yeah. <laughs> write a joke, Chad. <laughs> Is the funniest thing anyone's ever yelled at that idiot. <laughs> hey, Chad, why don't you write a joke? And then Chad's comeback, he's such an idiot. He's like, yeah. no, 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 I actually I get money from Sound Exchange yeah. uh, when they play the jokes that I run. Okay, all right, buddy. Wait here, I'm going to go get a yeah. lot of 20s yeah, yeah, out yeah, of the yeah, bag. Yeah. I'm going to go grab a stub. Here's a grab- bag of jokes. At 99. <laughs> <laughs> a bag of jokes. <laughs> I'm gonna get my Bazooka Joes out of the bag. <laughs> so one of the ongoing jokes during this is how fat Rihanna is, because obviously they're doing this during the halftime show. So Bob makes a joke about She's fucking pregnant. Well, I know. So Jeff, Bob, because because they're funny. So Bob makes a joke about Rihanna being the skinny one compared to Chad. Yeah. <laughs> and, and listen to this is this is really funny. <laughs> right, right. Ray, did you like Bob's joke? Did you like it? You liked it? Even it was made at my expense. That's a good joke. I That's have more followers thing. than you on every fucking category. Oh my God, Chad, calm the fuck down. We're trying to <laughs> trying to have some fun here. Be Facebook, right? No, this is too much WWE. Let's get real. What? Let's get real. What, what is this getting real thing? Nothing, what is he trying to accomplish? Nothing resembling a joke. So so literally, Bob tells a funny joke. Ray laughs at it. And because Chad won't go after Kevin or Bob, he never does. Yeah. He's like, why are you laughing at that asshole? It's like, I don't know, because it was funny. Like, I don't know. What do you want from me? So now Ray is going to rip Chad for one of his favorite uh, words that he learned. Did we already read this? Yeah, we yeah. already read that. Yeah. I'm sorry, everybody. It's my fucking show. Yeah, get it together, Kevin. No, I'm doing a good job. Yeah. <laughs> like Chad, I'm doing a good job. I'm winning. You got goals. <laughs> I got goals, and that was to read all the super chats. You don't follow the narrative. The narrative. You don't deal with the narrative. Ray, it's a real thing. It's called a narrative. All these people... I, want, I want Chad to try to piss on Ray's head, stand up, and start pissing. <laughs> and, I and, take pride that Ray I'm not a Kumia cuck. I take pride that I'm not a Kumia cuck. You're all falling in line. Like, he's the best. 
It's over. Yes. It's it's over. I don't even know him, but I think he's hilarious. It's a wrap. Did you see that video of Opie sucking me off? I loved it. What? What? No, I didn't see that video. What what it's say? out there. Google me, bitches. <laughs> so drunk. He's wasted. <laughs> And I love that he goes, oh, the narrative. He's like, no, no, there is a narrative. There is. There has to be. Because either the truth is I'm a fucking untalented dickhead or there's a narrative. Yeah, either my career has gone. handle the truth. (laughs) Either my career has gone very south and it's never going to get better. Or there's a narrative created by Chrissy. (laughs) All right. So you just brought up the fact that Opie is team Zumach. Check this shit out. This is the last thing I'd want to see. Uh oh. So Chad, uh, he's a comic. Uh, I was introduced to him from uh, Jim Florentine. Yeah, Chad's a comic, and Opie is a radio star. <laughs> and every time I saw Chad, he was very, very respectful, very, very cool, very nice. Um, and we we absolutely got along. Cheers. And then because you have to buy into bullshit on the internet, um, you know, Chaz, out of nowhere, started hating on me. Or Chad, sorry. Chad started hating on me. Good friends. Whatever his name um, is. And I even went on the live stream like, this is really confusing because every time I saw the guy, he was nothing but very, very cool to me and respectful. Yeah. And I was confused that? by that. So I, I, I talked too. about that on the live stream because we tried to talk about some of this stuff. And... Um, Fast forward a couple weeks, I think it was last week, I, I got a nice little note from uh, Chad, and uh, he actually apologized oh. for buying into the bullshit, hmm. and he apologized for all the all the things he said about me, and I said, you know, I said, I really appreciate that, Chad. I said, I, I, I'm not going to lie to you, I was very, very confused, because uh, like, I, like I just said, you were, you were always very, very nice and respectful to me every time I saw you out and about. By the way, I just want to point something out because now Chad is saying shit about Iraq, who never has a bad thing to say about anyone. Right? Trust me, I've tried. I can't get Iraq to say a bad thing about fucking anyone. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> it's impossible. And Iraq even sent me a note talking about how like Chad was always trying to get Opie and Anthony and on these other shows. And Iraq was very nice to him and, and let him into the building and tried to help him out and get on shows and shit. He's like, I, Opie and Anthony didn't want him. I don't know why the fuck he, now he's calling me out. What the fuck with this shit? So of course Opie now is also pretending like, no, I'm I just I like all the comedians. I, I don't know. <laughs> and he goes, I don't expect a response, but I just want to say I'm sorry and and uh I was stupid to buy in all the nonsense out there. I'm like, well, well, damn. I'm like, thank you, Chad. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, he was right about one thing, he was stupid. <laughs> but I did write it back because you know, I thought that was um Pretty cool. You know, over the years, I do get people that are like, hey, man, I'm sorry. I was one of your bigger haters. And I did, that's not my, that's not an impression of me. I can tell you that for sure. <laughs> so listen, I know I've asked God for a lot and he's given me everything I've asked for and then some, but please, could Opie and Chad Zumach team up? Oh, Holy yeah. shit. Could you imagine that duo hey, together? Oh, oh, my God. With P- Patty Seacup's producing. Oh, please. <laughs> That's all I want in life now. That'd be amazing. 
All right, let's get back to this episode during the halftime show. Can I just point out like, yeah. how sad it is to watch like Misery Loves Company and all the super chats rolling in? I saw $250 <laughs> super yeah, chat rolling. I and then you see Opie's chat <laughs> yeah. and just people talking to each other and ignoring his show with no dollar amounts attached to anything. Yeah, I know. And, and it is funny because Opie's show format lends itself to super chats. That's all he's doing is just chatting with the audience yeah, on there. Right. So he should be making a killing. And he's doing nothing. Zero dollars in this clip. Yeah, it's not working out well for him. All right, so now Chad's talking about how he's going to have abs come July. Yeah. You know, he's going to get into shape, even (laughs) though he's fallen off the wagon. He's been drinking a lot again lately, and he's admitted to that. He said he has some personal things going on, whatever. So he's been drinking again, but, you know, he's going to get into shape, wait until July. And so they're calling him out. So he has to run and grab an exercise ball. (laughs) I know. (laughs) He grabs an exercise ball and sits down and starts working out and stuff like that. So, um, so then this happens. That was a, that was a, gave us a lot of, that was the most informational super chat we ever had. Yeah. What about the one that called chat fat? Oh my God. (laughs) What are you doing, chat? Come on, chat. So T- Chad just threw the, his giant exercise ball, and he obviously knocked over some light fixtures because yeah. you saw the light change, and he was like, "Oh shit!" Took his earbuds out, and immediately got up. Let's watch that again. That's uh, <laughs> he's such an idiot, such a drunk moron. Oh my god! <laughs> what are you doing, Chad? Come on, Chad! Don't break his house, Chad. What are you doing? <laughs> Don't break your house like the hey, fridge. Hey, John. Here. John, is the book called Kumia Owns Chad? <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> it People like who the fuck show. is Chad? People like Anthony Kumi and No, they'll go buy it just to find out who this Chad is. Yeah. Comes yeah. back with a thigh master. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. So everyone's clouding Chad on here. And, and, and John Russo, who was one of the co-authors of Anthony's first book, is working on Anthony's second book. And so he's in there with a super chat explaining that uh there's going to be some information in there about Chad that he probably is not going to like very much. So then someone super chatted with a, th- their photo was a photo of Chad from kindergarten and their name was little Chad. And it says, don't play ball in the house, Chad, <laughs> <laughs> which is really funny. And then there's another super chat that comes in. That's really funny here. Somebody wants to know how, how does that ball fit in Chad's junior studio? <laughs> it didn't. That's why it broke everything. <laughs> <laughs> this show's the best. I'm sure Chad's laughing on the inside, yeah, right? No, no. He has a really good sense of humor. He's not so really I'm... seething with rage. <laughs> I'm sure he's rolling with it. I, I'm never offended. I'm never mad. <laughs> yeah. All right. So now Chad reacts like a child mm-hmm. to someone goofing on Ray. So Ray, I guess, also has a dry bar special. And you know that Chad has that dry bar special. I know that because I'm on his email list for some reason. Hey, guys, help me promote my dry bar special. Jesus. This might be my big break. The big break's over, Chad. <laughs> if it was going to happen, it would have happened. You can't it's... have it both ways. Yeah. I've been doing this 20 years. My yeah. big break. Yeah. Which is it? Oh, no, no. Chad... Chad likes to lie a lot and say all these things. He knows the truth. Yeah. He's, he knows what's going on here. He needs help. Yeah. This is a weird exchange. Okay. Kevin. I love this Chad with Edge. He's going to be okay. Kevin and Levy rule. Ray is a people-pleasing act. 
<laughs> Pop Lee was just enjoying his meltdown. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Bob just, he's just like, Chad, I don't care if you're still drinking. I don't give a shit what you yeah. do. He's just, I kind of like it. Yeah. He's, he's just applauding <laughs> along as Chad loses his mind. <laughs> drink I, more. Drink yeah, can more. Can I buy you a round? <laughs> <laughs> you look like you're thirsty for a shot or two. Yeah. <laughs> God. I am. I'm the worst. I... We gotta we gotta keep this up forever, every show. Go see yeah. my dry bar. It's number one on dry bar. Who gives a fuck? Why are you mad at me? That I'm I, not I, mad. I'm just calling out one. who cares? I'm calling it out. I'm calling out that it's shitty that you're number one on dry bar. I'm calling out that it's shitty. What the uh, fuck? Who gives a fuck? <laughs> I remember when you gave a fuck like three weeks ago when you were like three days, and I'm like, I'm over it. I'm good. That is so telling. So Ray DeVito is number one on Dry Bar right now. And Chad's going, who gives a shit? Who even cares about Dry Bar? It's like, Chad, that's all you gave a shit about. Yeah. You were promoting the hell out of that. And it failed. And so now he's like, oh, no one even likes that. Dry Bar comedy. Who cares? So fucking telling. And then uh, he's not done freaking out here. You shouldn't like me because I've been nothing but a dick to you. Just you've stop been it. a huge dick. I get it. Stop. I'm, yeah, I'm a lot better like comic than you, and you. No, get you're mad not. At you're fucking below me. <laughs> you had the co-headline in the Bahamas. I headline. You had to. Well, obviously, I think. Well, that's kind of nitpicking. Yeah. That's that's you want to keep going? Let's one keep going. Day. I had a I had a dry bar before, way before you did. I had number one albums way before you did. You want to keep going? I got Chad on Keith and the girl. Nobody gives a fuck about Keith. To the girl, nobody. I got you on Kevin Brennan. Kevin Brennan, even though you were, you been grew up in New York. You were in Astoria. You haven't even done live at Gotham. Go fuck yourself, Ray. Everyone like, did live at Gotham. Everybody. I like your Kinnison, Chad. <laughs> <laughs> He's losing his mind. He's melting down right now. Not a good look. So now let's fast forward to man he is yesterday. Oh, he's so angry. He's not having any fun with that. When he says this isn't WWE, this is war. Like in his mind, I think he really is at war with people right now. Well, the rest uh, of us are having fun. Chad. This could be a testament to his level of delusion. Yeah, this isn't WWE. This is real. <laughs> yeah, this is real. <laughs> so yeah, um, Chad. Everyone else is having fun. Yeah. This, is, this is the difference between us and you. Yeah. Look yeah. at everybody else on the screen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What else is laughing? <laughs> Which one's different? Yeah. The guy below you, Ray DeVito, uh, people like him better as a comic than you. <laughs> There's proof of it out there. So he's very upset about this. All right. Let's fast forward to yesterday's episode of Miserless Company and just a fun little clip of Bob making fun of Chad to his face. <laughs> Chad, please stop shouting on every episode. You're not a mongoloid Kinnison. <laughs> Shut the fuck up! Thank you, Ahava. Yeah. I'm going to give her stuff for free. You know what, Chad? I was looking at your jawline, your facial. Oh, here we structure. go. I swear to God, you do look a little like high pitch Eric if he lost a lot of weight. <laughs> Why are you always no. looking at my face? You're always no, no, looking at my face. No, I'm just saying because I he you have the same eyes like it's Dave like, Dallafore. I was married once. Does that count? Yeah, it does yeah. count. I'm better looking than both of you put together, so stop it with this Peter Boothroy, what's your favorite album of what? Of Oasis? any all time. Oasis. Oh, no. Uh favorite album of all time has to be uh Boston One. <laughs> 19. I'm telling you, yes. 1978. Boston's first Reverend. album is a complete. Boston is, wasn't even the best band from uh, Boston. They have. 
fuck off, Kevin Brennan. Boss's first album is up in the top five best albums of all time. Yeah, it's... 100%. Bob Levy on point right now. Let's not overlook the fact that Chad does look like High Pitch Hi, this is High Pitch <laughs> and you're listening to Who Are These Podcast. Chinese people smell. <laughs> yeah, I know. He does have that that high pitched downs look to him, doesn't yeah, yeah. he? With the glasses. Brilliant observation on Bob's part. Mm. Yeah. And Kevin's way off on this <laughs> Boston <laughs> album, Boston album rules. Um, all right. At the end of the show, they do a plug for Uncle Rico. Bob does. And this is just a fun little uh <laughs> fun little remark from Kevin. Uh, tonight at eight o'clock, Uncle Rico on the Shuley Network on uh, Patreon. What's that about? Uh, we make fun of a idiot. <laughs> it's pretty fucking amazing, and uh, and go to. Uh, it's basically like this show, except our idiot is on air every day with us. <laughs> <laughs> fucking nail it <laughs> yet again, Kevin. Kevin's figured out a formula here. I have to say, yeah. you know, it's very much like having a whack packer in studio, oh, yeah, like a. Uh, Carl Pilking. Yes, right. Yeah, yeah. Very good. That's that's actually a good comparison for what Kevin is doing with Misery Loves Company, and it's working well for him. Yeah, you can't always punch the punching bag. Sometimes you have to ask him what he thinks. (laughs) You know, (laughs) you're right. Like when you ask me my opinion. (laughs) Yeah, go fuck yourself, (laughs) producer Chris. No one's asking your opinion. Props to Chris. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't say that. It's AI. <laughs> and this is the uh, the last clip that I have in here because I want to point out that Chad Zubak is so bad at lying that he gets called out in the middle of his lie and just continues lying. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> Only Chad could pull this off. Come back to the house. <laughs> two for flinching. Sanka. You remember two for flinching? You go up somebody like that. And like, ah! Two for flinching. Boom, boom, boom. You punch him twice. Mm. Nobody played that? When was the last fight you got in? Dude, I've been in fights my whole life. I remember you said on a podcast that I'm a pussy. Bob, I've been fist fighting my whole life. I fight all the fucking time. And I continue to fight going into my late 40s. Whoa. You don't fight. Who's the last time you got into a fight with? A fist fight? A fist fight? Like, literally, all, like, we all had right, a, a slap You fight. just said you've been doing it until your 40s. So when's the last <laughs> Those one? Like, it was more like late teens and 20s and early 30s. <laughs> you said you've been fighting people into your 40s, and now all of a sudden you're not. Late teens. <laughs> I got in a fight with somebody back in Cleveland. Bob is laughing his ass off at this, at this exchange. He's like, I continue to fist fight in my 40s. What was the last time you did? I don't know, my teens? <laughs> Bob's just losing his mind. This is great. To your 40s, and now all of a sudden you're not. Late teens. I got a fight with somebody back in Cleveland. <laughs> I got a fight with the guy at the uh, fucking Cleveland Indians. That's what they were called. I got a fight with the game. They had to separate it. Yeah. What a guy. He lives in Canada. <laughs> Guys, did you see? They both were at a loss for words. Yeah. They are just like, what the fuck are we going to do with that? <laughs> okay, tough guy. Dad, yeah. you got a fight at the baseball game. Good he, job. He follows it up with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Prove I didn't. Right. Yeah. Two for flinching. Boom, boom, boom. That's yeah. not two. I'm glad you caught that. <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> In his defense, counting is hard. Um, I want to flash back to Opie because he also was talking about stuttering John recently. So I thought we should check this out. It's a green screen. He actually is roommates with Stuttering John in a roach infested apartment. Okay, thank you, Ross. There's a weird thing going on out there. People are trying to connect me to Stuttering John, and yep. it's just it's just 
it's just stupid. It's it's more people just trying way too hard. It's just really dumb. Actually, it's pretty easy. I haven't <laughs> talked to him in a long time. The guy did my podcast. We we had a decent podcast, and that's that's it. And I I will always be thankful towards uh, Stutter and John. If you want to know the truth. Oh, here we go. You should do it again. What did because John do he for was you? the one that was responsible for getting me and Anthony on Jay Leno. Jay Leno personally told me this. Yeah, well, that's because Jay Leno is very nice to people. He'll always say shit that's not true. Jay Leno finally came in and did the radio show after Anthony left. Um, he came in. It's one of the greatest hours of radio ever. I mean, in studio, I'm trying to remember everybody. Uh, I can't even remember everybody, but uh, Jim Gaffigan was in there. Norton was in there. And Jay Leno shut everybody up. Even Jim Gaffigan barely spoke. One of the greatest hours of radio. Who was there again? Yeah. I remember it just like it was yesterday. It was uh, what's his nuts and (laughs) who's his face. Because Jay Leno is just holding court and just beating the shit out of everybody. And it was amazing radio. I just want to sell the show properly by saying I'm not a car guy either. Oh, here we go. Hope he's going to reuse content he doesn't own for his show. Cool. Let's check this out. Okay. But I watch because just how you put the whole uh, thing together, you make it very, very interesting. Well, it's fun. It's fun. We have a good time, and I'm glad with it. So, what do you guys like? Makeup and hair? What do you do? <laughs> you want to talk about product? You know what I like. <laughs> and uh, I thanked him for uh, having us on his show back in the day. And he said, You really should be thanking Stuttering John. He turned me on to you guys. So, I will always be grateful to Stuttering John. Because I don't think we would have made it on to uh, The Tonight Show with Jay Leno without that. Hold on a second. The Tonight Show has a person who's responsible for booking talent, for finding talent, booking talent, maybe multiple people. Mm-hmm. Suttering John is not involved in this decision process yeah. at all. As we heard from KC talking about his role on The Howard Stern Show, like Suttering John's not a guy who's just like, how are we going to make this show good today, John? Help yeah. us out with this. And John didn't discover ONA. No. He discovered Artie. <laughs> right. That's right. And Jeff the Drunk. And yeah, 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 yeah. Jim Norton. The list goes on. Um, so, yeah, this this whole thing where he's just, we're, I mean, Jay's obviously trying to be nice to John, who did contributed nothing to that show. Right. It was demoted multiple times. So now he's trying to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's because uh, I heard from you guys. Now, of course, the real story is that Jay was pissed at Howard Stern. That's why he hired John away from him, and then it got even more. Um, it was a war, yeah. As Chad Zubak radio say. war, <laughs> they were at war. So then, what Jay did is he got on Howard's biggest rival, Opie Anthony, on the show just to stick it to, to Howard even more. Mm-hmm. It had nothing to do with stuttering John. That Melendez. makes sense, yeah. Of course, it does. <laughs> so, anyway, I always like when people bring up stuttering John to Opie because he's so confused by it. Yeah. <gasps> Good. I had him on my show once. Why, why, yeah. why do people compare us? Well, you're both hacks. Yeah. You're both woke. I was <laughs> yeah. featured on the same show. Correct. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun to goof on you. Um, all right, Andy, I think it's time. It's been a little while since we've caught an alien. Hey. I think it's time to catch an alien up in here. It's time for everyone's <laughs> favorite new game show to catch an alien. Doing? Yeah, I don't know what he's up to anymore. It's not You're abandoning in, your gimmick that was working so well. It's not as endearing as the it's uh, a peeled potato CG. Yeah, all right, it's a all right. Well, let's just play along, I guess. Are you ready to play to catch 
an alien. Are you? <laughs> I am. Yeah. You, you know, you did a lot with reptiles and everything else. What interests me the really a lot is ants. Oh yeah. How do they know how to do that shit? So, like, they just—they're born and they can walk. Yeah, man. It's. Can you explain that to me? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I can't. I wish I could. Uh, yeah, ants are incredible. So that comes back to this—the uh, migration idea. It's instinct, you know. And so, like, ants have these instincts, and you're just. What about uncles? Something. <laughs> Ew. It's like, dude, that thing's brain is smaller than a grain of sand. And then you look at like a, uh, you ever see where they pour liquid aluminum into an ant mound? Oh, yeah. It yeah. vaporizes all the ants. like a nightmare for the ants. Apocalypse. But when you pull it out, it looks pretty. <laughs> <laughs> but when you look at something like that, you're like, dude, that thing's, how did they build that? And this is the, the collective intelligence idea, you know? And that's where I was kind of saying with the people, like we, you know, each individual human is like a cell of the super organism of humanity. And then we're building this thing. Like you look at cities and you're like, God, like this is all like one big thing, like working together with all of its parts. You know, you're, it, it's crazy. I don't know how to even explain it. You get what I'm trying to say, though? Yeah, no, no, I'm following you. And I'm going to fuck you up with this question. Oh. <laughs> oh, boy. What did Tommy say next? Oh, look at he's got there on his screen. It's yeah. Lifetime Achievement and Dad Like Awards. Yeah, scepter. <laughs> all right. Here are your choices. Number one, do you think. Ants are aliens. <laughs> Two, the Neuralink that Elon's working on. <laughs> what do you think? God damn it, so far it's the greatest sense. It could be either yeah, one. Yeah. <laughs> Three, the internet and ants. Is it a similar system? Four, what do you think about the pyramids? Five. If ants were human, they could lift like 2,000 pounds. So could Ant-Man be real someday to catch an alien? Wow. I have two that I'm I'm struggling with. Number two, the Nero link with Elon Musk. I feel like that could be it. But that Ant-Man thing at the end is also something that he would say. I mean, all these things are something that he would say. So you got to narrow down to five. All right. right. I'm going I'm going uh, number two. All right. You're going number Elon, two. Elon Musk. <laughs> all right. That's going to be another. ISO. Yeah, another fucking clip. Why does this guy have a soundboard? Whose idea was this? <laughs> I'm glad you went with two because I wanted to go with five. Okay. Yeah. You got Ant-Man. Could yeah. that be a real thing? And then producer Chris, what do you think? Pyramids. Pyramids. Four. <laughs> yeah, wow. Out of left yeah, field, it was man. out of left field. It's crazy. I don't know how to even explain it. You get what I'm trying to say, though? Yeah, no, no, I'm following you. And I'm going to fuck you up with this question. <laughs> so what do you think about the pyramids? Oh, no! Because, because look, oh! if the ants can do what they do over time, so over time they build Holy their own shit. instinct, I guess, how to just be born and walk and fucking build Chris. holes and hide right. from everybody. Yeah. What do you think about the pyramids? Well, this is, uh, this is you know... Why match game music? What just happened? I matched. <laughs> That's all for this week. Come back next week to find out if you have the ant power to catch an alien. Normally I would plug here, but when I was giving my acceptance speech 
for the Dabbler's Lifetime Achievement Award at DabbleCon. Carl turned off my mic before I could thank one special person. Uh-huh. So I am officially dedicating my Lifetime Dabbler Achievement Award to the one and only, the great. It's <laughs> <laughs> like a guy. All right. <sighs> what have we done today, guys? We've done it all. Mayhem Bialik. Sure. <laughs> Mayhem Bialik's breakdown, I think, was one of the things that we did today. Something like that, right? Casey Armstrong joined the show to talk some shit. Wow. Instead of how terrible an employee he was, a co-worker, which is always fun. We found out that uh, Chad is well off the wagon now. He's back to just drinking again, having a good old time. Podcast <laughs> Hitman and I are buddies, so that's good. Opie wants to team up with Chad Zubach. Only producer Chris can catch an alien. So you know what that means? It's time for everybody's favorite part of the show. This is the part of the show we play a clip from the podcast that we'll be reviewing on the next episode of Who Are These Podcasts? And do you know why we do this, Andy? No. The reason, the reason why we do this, the reason why it's called the teaser, it's, it's a tease. It's to get people excited about the next episode. And actually, Brian Johnson on the last episode had a good idea. Rather than tease it, we could just do the whole thing. <laughs> but I have dinner reservations tonight, so uh, I can't. Otherwise, I'm now, ready to go. Now I get it. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd be like, all right, let's do it. But instead, we're just going to play a quick clip and tease the episode that we'll be reviewing. This is not anything new to me, unfortunately. Get ready to enjoy that sweet, sweet senior discount. It's time for Zooier Then Thou. Hey, what can I say? You got me howling at the moon. Whoa, don't you know the love is wild when you're a zoo. fellow zoos and welcome to the 60th episode of zooier than now holy shit that's some production now <laughs> you're going into guys you're talking about bestiality <laughs> oh i was trying i was gonna say remind me is this a furry show or no, an animal fucking show these are people into bestiality they call themselves zoophiles <laughs> this is a show called zooier than thou why are you bringing this back well andy i'm glad you asked this was a <laughs> suggestion from our friend mean dog that's right doug from Who's Right is back on the show this weekend coming up to chat zooier than thou. Did he do that one initially? Has no, it been the, done already? We did it with uh, Dick Masterson on, on a crossover show. Oh, I see. Okay. We've never done it on the normal podcast. And they're still putting out new episodes. When Dick and I did this years ago, one of the main guys who got fucked by a horse or something died... I don't remember all of the lore. I'm too busy studying stuttering job, but something bad happened. But these guys kept it going. And so there's a whole new cast of characters on Zooier Than Thou. Jeez. <laughs> so that should be a lot of fun. 
Oh my God, does my mother-in-law even listen to the show anymore with what we've been doing lately? I can't even imagine she is. Next time I see her, she's like, yeah, that, uh, who are these socials? That's a great show. All right, yeah. For me to poop on. <laughs> I should make an announcement right now. Who are these socials is going to be off this week because I am in the studio Tomorrow and Friday with the Isotels are recording uh, some new songs. New Weezer album coming out. <laughs> <laughs> you work for Zubak, don't you? Oh, <laughs> it's already pod fading. Damn it. <laughs> Andy, thanks so much for coming on the show. Anything you want to promote, my friend? Yeah, just send me some super chats. I got a Corey Feldman box set. I got to pay for it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> You're going to get the autographed one or the not autographed one? Oh, the autographed one, one okay. for sure. Yeah. Andy's going to need 350 from everybody, plus shipping. <laughs> Producer Chris, you have any more witty drops you want to hit over there? No, I think I did good. Yeah, I think you did too. <laughs> I'd like to plug Boston's first album. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Please join us again next time. It might be the episode we find out once and for all. Who are these podcasts? Leave well, everybody. Starting in the mush bits of morning radio. And now the show is over now. <sighs> mm. Okay. Great show. Good job, everybody. Great job, everyone. And I should make an announcement right now because... Obviously, we expected to have Hannah on the show today, but her job is making her work hours she doesn't like. She's guaranteed to be back on Saturday. But more importantly than Hannah reading reviews is the fact that we have new Hannah photos that are going up on Patreon. It's official. They will be released this month on Patreon. So people complain. They're like, all right, nice ass, nice profile. What about the front, everybody? Join us on uh, patreon.com slash who are these podcasts or come to our supercast. Now that's a teaser. And learn the answer. Yes. Teasing all around. And wow, I'm so excited to say Paco is back on the show. Oh. I did miss Paco. It's good to have him. <laughs> hey, what's up, Carl? This is Paco. Um, I don't know how to say this, man. I'm just going to go ahead and say this. Uh, Will you be my Valentine? <laughs> I don't have one yet. Um, it's Sunday right now. It's uh, it's about uh, two fifteen Arizona time Sunday. Let me know soon, dude. Let me call back. <laughs> I <live. laughs> So, as you guys know, I don't listen to the voicemails when they come in. I listen to them before the show, usually the night before. The show, so unfortunately, I didn't get back to him in time, and he decided to go ahead and change his mind on this one. No. Oh. Hey, what's up, Kyle? This is Paco. Um, that last message was uh, that one was for Jenny. <laughs> for Jenny? Was it for you? Um, I don't know why I said you. <laughs> I, I lost Jenny's number. If I could get that again, just text it to me. All right, I'll see you later, dude. What the fuck? I know I said Carl. I meant. <laughs> yeah, not cool, boobies. man. Not cool at all. All right, Corden Cobb called into the show. Hmm. This one, uh, it starts slow, but it builds to something, so bear with it here. Hello. This is uh, Cor- Corn Cobb calling. Um, I just think it's so funny how Chad Zumach really acts like he's in the business, but he doesn't try that hard. So he doesn't get actually impressive results by anyone's standards. But then he acknowledges that he doesn't try hard. He's like, yeah, I'm not even trying, really. It's like, well, bro, then stop 
then get the fuck out of our face, dude. Just go away. Nobody likes you. Shut the fuck up and go away, bro. If you're not going to be funny as a comic, then what the fuck is your point as a person, bro? Go the fuck away and do something about your life, dude. Honestly. Corn cob out. <laughs> Corn cob. Well done. Yeah. Making a lot of good points right there. He also called back again to talk about how embarrassing it is that Patty crushed Zubai <laughs> on the last episode. That was a new low right there. I don't know if it could get worse, but maybe it will. Good job, Corn Cobb. Hey, Carl. It's the guy that keeps calling. Um, I was just wondering, where did uh, Vic and the other review girls go? You know, that was my main uh, draw to the show. Now that their absence is present, then uh, I think I'm going to have to find a new uh, show, maybe. Possibly. All right, bye. Vic was the draw all this time. <laughs> Vic was. Guys, if you want to know where Vic is, her phone number is still on our Patreon. Yeah, I true. recommend we all ask her what the fuck's up. <laughs> and let's get a campaign going here. And see what's going on, because we'd love to have Vic back on the show, obviously. I haven't been uh, told I'm an asshole in a while. <laughs> Thankfully, producer Chris is here. Yeah, Carl, <laughs> some of the blanks. You're an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> you cut. Hey, Carl, I heard you want to do the No Towns Club. Well, it sounds like uh, Kevin Dumbfuck is the uh, founding member of that. Nah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> You know, it's a lot funnier when I was thinking about it in my head. <laughs> so, Opie and Anthony used to have this thing that was like an eject button for callers. Like, if they knew things weren't going well, they'd just be like, oh, punch it out. And then they'd be like, all right, we'll, we'll let it slide for you this time. That was definitely an eject button right there. <laughs> like, oh, shit, what was my joke? That's not good. Gary from Flint oh. calling into the show. <laughs> okay, you act like you know who that is. <laughs> oh, good old Gary from Flint. What's he got to say? Hey, Carl. Gary from Flint, Michigan here. I just noticed that podcast Hitman's House is up for sale. It's on the market. Looks like they're doing an open house over the weekend, and hopefully they're not serving bacon. (laughs) Back bacon, to be specific. Okay, I'll keep you updated. See ya. All right. Thanks, Gary from Flint. (laughs) Appreciate it. If you want to go to the open house, let us know. All right, speaking of Flint, Michigan, of course, Nate from Flint called into the show. Nate was hanging out with us at DabbleCon. Mm-hmm. Was that last weekend? No. Uh, no. Two weekends ago. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> hey, Carl. Nate from Flint, Michigan. With it being Valentine's Day and all, I was wondering if there are more ways than just comments you like to be shat upon. This is definitely a do-call-me-back situation. (laughs) Not my thing, but uh, I am German, so I understand why you'd mistaken that. All right, this is the last uh, voicemail I have. Chad Zuma called in from the Kevin Brennan roast. (laughs) I I know. It's it's hard to even understand how this could happen, but it did. (laughs) All right, I got a good one. Uh, I I, I wrote it thinking um, Chris and Mayer be on the show. Fuck, I I don't know if it's going to work. Fuck, I'll do it anyway. Oh. Oh, oh, fuck. Oh, God damn it. See, people think that Chad was bad at that role because of the narrative yeah. that we created. I'm lost. I'm lost. <laughs> I'm lost. God damn, that was a lot of fun. All right, guys, I got to get the fudge out of Dodge. But this has been a fun show. 
Thank you both yeah. for being here. Oh, yeah. What's with the dancing around the shit? I stink. You hate me. Great. Goodbye. Okay, folks. Guess what? This the episode's the- over. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bye. I gotta go. Goodbye. Goodbye. That was a great episode. That was really great. Okay, bye. <laughs>